What do I pick this opener? Nope. Oh, my bad. Oh, man. It was quiet for like a long time. And right as I know, it was like freaking me out. <laughs> start the show anyway. Oh, I think that's how we're going to start it. Welcome back to Ten Tens Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Robert Vero, and I'm sitting in the Kanga Motorsports studio in my skunk smelling house. And I have Dusty and Adam on Zoom. And what did you guys do today? I did nothing but work and then come home and clean up a skunk covered dog. I mean, I didn't do anything more exciting than that. Yeah, I, I worked, but thankfully, whenever I got home, everything smelled like it was supposed to. So. That's good. Yeah. No, I came we home were, and my we whole... We were in a, in a tornado warning until 23 minutes ago, but I don't think it ever materialized, which no, is was, good. No, it was super windy and kind of rained here for a little bit. Yeah, we got some rain today. Which is much better than the alternative from a few weeks ago. Right. Yeah. I'll I take, was talking I'll take to rain. some coworkers today. Uh, we were working in a place where... Uh, we had been a couple weeks ago and we had left some stuff um, just like taped to a pole rather than hanging it back up again. And like, man, remember a couple weeks ago when we had to wade through hip deep snow to get to this case and that's why we didn't hang it back up. And now it's laying on the bare ground. It's much nicer. You might have to dodge a cow flying through the air whenever it's you go wild. back there. Unfortunately, it wasn't that exciting. <laughs> no, so. I'll definitely take thunderstorms over snowstorms i've i've missed thunderstorms yeah i got woke up to lightning like well i didn't wake up get woken up by it i was kind of awake and heard lightning and thunder this morning like oh man is that really what that is yeah it definitely seems kind of early for it though i was gonna say this is fake spring robbie it's going to snow again yep one one last big one and then it'll be nice yeah but yeah. yeah, within like a within like a week and a half of us having rolling blackouts because it was below zero, we had a <laughs> uh, thunderstorm warning and hail. So you yeah, know. we're just following you guys. Yeah, Texas, Texas stuff. So. Yeah, but no, I can't you guys look- seem to know worse the where for you know when I was there this weekend. So, well, you know, we uh, we lifted all the COVID protocols today. Everything's just back to normal. Um, <laughs> The Rangers announced they're going to have full capacity in the stadium on opening day. It's just everything's great in Texas. Well, you're just really setting an example for the rest of the country. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can take that however you, what, what, however you want to take that example. It's it's an example. I might. Yeah, I might put that on our governor. I don't know that I would put it on me personally. but <laughs> uh, Yeah. But anyways, I came home from work today. And my entire neighborhood, I could smell skunk coming up my driveway in my car. I'm like, well, the skunk's are back. Didn't really think anything of it. I'm like, well, okay. Came into the house and it smelled like skunk really bad. Great. And Jess goes, hey, does it, the, do the dogs kind of smell like skunk? Uh, yeah. The yeah. whole thing kind of Every, smells everything, like skunk. Everything smells like skunk. She, she's like, no, smell Yancey. I'm like, okay. Yeah, he definitely smells like skunk. Yeah, so there was a skunk down by the water and the dogs chased it. And then, uh, and then now it smells like skunk. So do you think he got sprayed? I'm like, yeah, he got got sprayed. (laughs) Luckily it was like not a direct hit. So I went to go give him a bath. And of course this is when I find out that we don't have any shampoo, but I also learned that anytime my wife buys shampoo that she doesn't like, she puts it under the sink in our guest bathroom. So I have like three years worth of shampoo that I didn't realize I had. So that's nice. So I used Tresemme on my dog. And he smells, <laughs> he smells good. He doesn't smell like a skunk anymore. So luckily, it wasn't a direct hit. 
and his coat has never looked better. Oh, I use a, I use a, Rivers and shines. Yeah, I use the horse mane and tail conditioner. So he's got uh, nice flowing hair. I'm sure he appreciates that too. He seems like the dog that would be worried about that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the winter, he gets all staticky. I feel bad zapping him with his long, long hair sticking on end. <laughs> How often do you have to get that dog groomed? I take a scissors to him about twice a year. Oh, you do it? Oh, yeah. No, we, we went to a groomer one time, and they charged us like like a lot of money. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about it. And they didn't cut a damn thing. Oh, like, yeah. They're like, I oh, yeah. The story. We brought him in. We, they're like, yeah, we'll take care of it. And then I was like, okay. And we came back. And I was like, yeah, he, he didn't like it. Okay. That'll be $100. <laughs> That'll be $80. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> There's like nothing. It didn't do, like all the fur that's like really long on his legs and like on his feet that stick way up. Yeah, that didn't even get touched. Apparently, he was like a monster and they just let it go. Oh. Okay, great. I'll just pay you then for nothing. Then I went home and just laid him on his back and just took his scissors to him. And then Jess got all mad because it looked like shit. I'm like, it's a dog. It's it's shorter than it was. He's a dog. It's fine. <laughs> He'll grow back. It's fine. <laughs> he's, so, not, he's not getting burrs caught in there anymore. Everything's fine. Yeah. I don't know. It's I'm not a beautician. I just, I just hack it up until it's kind of shorter and then I let him go. Robbie only dated beauticians. Yeah, I dated beauticians. You don't really learn anything from that. No, they they cut the hair. Right. Why he drives think? a 240, not a Miata. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Convertibles are for hairdressers. Name, name me one time you've seen a hairdresser driving a Miata. Not even once. <laughs> not mm. even once. <laughs> no, they either drive as crossover SUVs or way nicer cars than that. They can make a lot of money, like a lot of money. You can do like that a shocking, whole, uh, yeah, like you a can do that whole cash thing too. Yes. Yeah, I was shocked when I was in co- college dating this girl. She was like, "Yeah, I got a job offer at, at this place downtown called Salon W, where all the senators and shit get their haircut." She's like, "Yeah, I didn't like the culture though, so I said no." I was like, "You're gonna make more money as a beautician than I am as an engineer," and you said no. Okay. Now she owns her own business and she's way like probably triple the money I make, but whatever. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy how much people will pay for to have their hair. It's nice. There's there's no sense in dwelling on the past, Ravi. You can't I'm not change drawn. it. You could have you could have been riding that gravy train. No. Ugh. She wanted kids. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> what a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, yeah, she's got kids now. Forget yeah, that. Yeah, you're probably money ahead. It's oh fun. yeah. At least I got I got race cars and dogs, man. I I'm living the dream. Sorry, I'm telling this to two people with kids. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> we both have race cars as, in the garage. That's true. As I've said before, if you don't want children, please, for the love of God, don't have them. Agreed. Couldn't agree. I more. love my kid, but if you don't want them, don't have them. <laughs> Yeah, so unfortunately, there's not enough people who take that seriously. We're talking to you, Dalton. It's called birth control. <laughs> Don't have kids, Dalton. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, he's not even here to defend himself yet. That's the best That's part. the best time, yeah. <laughs> I always get nasty text messages from him whenever we shit talk him. Well, then he's not going to like this episode at all. <laughs> I wasn't there, but I feel like that's there's going to be a running theme. Nah, there's really not that much. 
So yeah, he was he was kind of tame. Yeah, that sounded all like things considered. That sounded like everything was kind of just fun. Like everyone had a good time down at Superlap Battle. I think this was our most fun year. It yeah, sure, it sure felt that way. Like just watching the group text and like the live stream and just like watching. It was, it was like, like kind of the least interesting time attack this year. Uh, last year wasn't that good either, I guess. But uh, the the events surrounding the event were fun. Yeah, and we'll get into that. So, yeah. Should we open her up first? Yeah. As always, our... God damn it. Every time. Sorry. <sighs> Sorry, everybody. See, that's how I messed up the show earlier. I was waiting for your... Uh, you were, and I didn't click away. And now we both... Ha- like Now the only person now that we- hasn't screwed something up on the show so far is Dusty. Oh, just give me time. <laughs> we need to all consistently screw things up. I should probably check levels. I think they're good. Nah, it's too late. For check, that. check. Yeah, one. see, it's fine. It's fine. They're they're close enough. They should be. That's that. Yeah, that scale's not very big. It's fine. Um, Just turn your radio up and down based on who's talking. It's fine. That's why we equalize everything. That audio, audacity will do it for me. That's what that I is, do for slip angle. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> it's, it's, Abe, Abe always sounds like he's super tiny. Well, I mean, we're not on phones, so I mean, it's fine. We're on mics over Zoom. It's clear and and, and great. I'm not driving a truck the wrong way down the interstate calling my or or driving into Wisconsin in the middle of the winter with like a white noise generator going on in the background. (laughs) No, that's just Honda things. (laughs) Um, As always, our opener is presented by Factor Fabrication. If you need any sort of fabrication, either it be hand railing or custom furniture or any sort of like home decor or even outside stuff. Um, Or if you have a business and you want to do like the entire interior of your restaurant, uh, factorfabrication.com. Um, I have on the website right now, I have the dining collection, which are these custom made chairs. I know um, Booney was showing me pictures of this uh, design that he's got that he wants to build. Uh, it's really impressive. So if you want to get some like really awesome furniture, like custom built to your needs, head to factorfabrication.com and reach out to Booney. Is your car still there? Yes, because again, he's very busy. And when he only work on the cage one or two hours at a time, Plus, it's kind of like two dudes just hanging out. So we sit in bullshit. Nothing for, gets done. Yeah, so we sit in bullshit for a lot. And then uh, it's like, you know, we should probably get some shit done. And then we go work on it for a while. And then we change our mind on how we want to do it. Because like we were going to do the down bars that go from the back of the roll bar across and then follow the A-pillar down. And I think I talked about it on the show. But anyways, the, a, the A-pillars split out. So like in order to like do that bend, you had to do like an extra bend to make it work. And like the auto power SCCA legal cage is really sketchy the way it just kind of goes straight across and then like down and out and then down. And it's like, uh, I don't want to do that. And we agreed that we didn't want to do this. We did the, the hoop across the top and then we're doing the down bars across the, the pillars and it fits a lot better. So did you, did you do bins across, like across the roof where the, the, like the roof curves so much on those. I've looked at mine a bunch of times and wondered how like you could tuck it all the way up in there and keep it away from a helmet without having to put extra pins in it to go I, up around them. I window. cut out, or I guess we both cut out all of the extra material up there, which a lot of people don't do. So okay. like if you look at Austin Hurdle's car or the Brian Highcotter's, not Dylan Hughes, Brian Highcotter's <laughs> car. Uh, <laughs> I got a lot of shit wrong last week. I'm trying to correct it. Um, if you look at their cages, at least um, Highcutter's car was laser scanned by um, Chair Slayer. So that one's as good as you can get without really like hacking that car apart. 
but um, like Austin Hurdles too, it just goes across and then down. And he's got multiple bends and multiple different braces, uh, whereas we didn't do that. Ours is just a hoop, and it's it's yeah, just it's as as good as you can get with a Z, just because we cut out all that extra material. Yeah, I've I've whenever I look at that, I think like, man, I want it tucked up in a way, but also like the more bends you put in that bar, the more weak points you're putting in it. So it's kind of a catch 22. Yeah. And like, I want to have a cage that's legal for basically everything. So I have like the WRL spec in front of me, the the SCCA spec, the GLTC spec. So I'm just like, okay, how can I fit all of these? And then that's basically what I did. So yeah, I I don't want to pigeonhole myself to saying like, I can only run this in GLTC. Or I can only do whatever. So I wanted to make it legal if I decided to change on what I did with it. How, how do I fit in all these slash which one of the the ones can I like talk my way into the other series with that compromise? Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> yep. And, and uh, you know, you can, you can make a case for any of them. I think if it's legal, I think the only one that really would have got sketchy is the, like the formula drift spec. Obviously I'm not going to formula drift, but like, I was using that as an example because they, they allowed multiple bends like on the hoop towards the top and you could add additional bracing kind of like what Austin Hurdle did and uh, and it would be perfectly fine but that really wasn't the direction I wanted to go. So yeah, we, we got the ultimate compromise and I think it's, I'm really happy with what we got so far. Cool. cool. Speaking of so, race cars. I'm excited to see it. <laughs> speaking of race cars, uh, we're going to talk about top fuel dragsters. Hell yeah. So this is a, this is a post filled with, we're going to call them alleged facts about top fuel cars. Some of these I question. Oh, I, but I, I saw this today. Yeah. So this, this kind of floats around occasionally. Uh, I've seen it more than once. Everyone's probably knows it, but we're going to talk about it anyway. It's fine. Yes. Um, some of these I might skip cause they're not all that interesting. Some of these we'll talk about for a little while. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm not totally convinced that all of these are 100% true, but that's fine. So they claim, uh, first of all, just, they say that a top fuel dragster makes 10,000 horsepower. Uh, my understanding of it is that that is an estimation because we don't currently have a dyno capable of doing it. That's always been my understanding. Yes. And so yeah. it's just, a, yeah, it's just like an estimate. Like it would take this much power to move a vehicle that weighs that with the arrow that it has with the, you know, the coefficient of drag that it creates. It would take this much power to move that this far, and this speed, it must make this much. So I think that's kind of how they're getting, how are they arriving at that 10,000 horsepower mark? That's also why it's a, that's a, an exact 10,000 number. Right. But well, I've, I've seen stuff the last couple of years too, that they've said any, anything as high as 11 and 12,000 the last couple of years with how fast they're going in a thousand feet now, which yeah, it's absurd. nobody, nobody really knows until you can actually build something that you can hook it to. Yeah. So based on that 10,000 horsepower number, one top fuel dragsters, 500 cubic inch motor makes more horsepower than the first five rows of the Daytona 500. Take that NASCAR. Yeah. What up with your little tiny engines under full throttle. The dragster consumes 1.2 to 1.5 gallons of nitromethane per second. That always blew my mind. 
Or yes. like at, at PRI where they show the fuel injectors and it's just like yeah. a fucking garden hose. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such an insane amount of fuel that everything has to work perfectly from the hit of the throttle. Otherwise, there's so much fuel in there that it just literally puts out the spark. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, or, uh, that's or a little worse. farther down in here. Yeah. Um, I've... I'm kind of a nerd on all if this the stuff, spark momentarily fails early in the run unburned nitro builds up in the affected cylinders and then explodes with sufficient force to blow the cylinder heads off or crack the block in pieces so i yeah, remember i remember when jesse james was at a discovery show it was like jesse james does whatever and one of them was a top fuel motorcycle and he's all he had to do was one pass and they're like don't let off the throttle. Like it's either on or off. Like you either go or you don't, don't, don't feather it. Don't mess with it. Cause if you do, it explodes. And like the first thing he did was like botch the start and drop th- and like feathered the throttle or feathered the throttle and blew up the engine. Yeah. Those, those guys wear like an armor plate on their chest because if it does go bad, it will shoot parts in, in like out of the top of it into their chest. Yeah. Like a grenade. Yeah, that's that's pretty nuts. <laughs> I don't. It's not worth it, man. No, no. Having this engine behind you is bad enough, but having it underneath you or between I'm your legs, pass. yeah, no, thank you. But to say, or you know, driving a funny car and it's in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Some, so. Somehow they put a giant Lexan shield on the dragsters whenever the motor is behind them, but the funny car guy still just like sits right behind it with nothing in front of him. Yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> So a stock Hemi V8 engine cannot produce enough power to merely turn the dragster's supercharger. They are massive. Which is, I can see that. They, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, you know, it takes power to make power sort of thing. Right. Yeah, it's huge and Teflon lined with no tolerance anywhere. So it just makes the absolute most compression that it can. Yeah. 3,000 CFM of air being rammed into the supercharger on overdrive. So the fuel mixture is compressed to a near solid form before ignition, and the cylinders essentially run on the verge of hydraulic lock at full throttle. Again, also just fascinating. (laughs) It's just insane. I don't understand. Yeah, so that's like like the load from the initial application of the throttle has to be perfect. Otherwise, like it either explodes or it just puts the you know, puts a hole out as they, they say, you'll see as they go down track, like one header will just be pumping out just raw fuel. And like, if you don't bring in the clutch fast enough, it'll bog down and shake the tire. If you bring it in too much, it shakes it, you know, spins the tire and you lose traction and just smoke the tires. The, the amount of like riding the line and the amount of tuning that they do to make those things do what they do is completely insane. And it's just, a science that they've developed over you know, 60 years. Yeah. At the stoometric 1.7 to one air fuel. mixture. <laughs> 1.7 to one is the air, the AFR on these things. Then for nitromethane, the flame front temperature measures 7,050 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh God. You braise things at 1750. <laughs> 1. 1.7 to 1. That's insane. 
These numbers don't seem real. It's, Do you just, think it's, like a regular wide man will even read that? No, it's got to be like special. <clears throat> I, I don't even know that they do. I know the ones I have don't. Well, I'm saying I don't know if the top field dragster even reads it or if they just like. Yeah, they might not. They just use, use a math calculation and hope. They just use temp probes. I don't know, I think is the main thing. Yeah, that's probably true. So nitromethane burns yellow. The spectacular white flame seen above the stacks at night is raw burning hydrogen disassociated from atmospheric water vapor by the steering hot exhaust gases. Neat. So and then some, sometimes whenever they start eating themselves, you'll see green flame and that's the copper head gaskets yep. getting burned yep. out of them too. <laughs> yeah. Dual magnetos supply 44 amps to each spark plug. This out, this is the output of an arc welder in each cylinder. Again, I don't insane. I, I don't know that they use spark plugs like as the normal human understands it. They're consumable for every run. Yeah. So, oh yeah, stuff I've stuff I've seen talks about that the like the electrode and everything is gone by the time they actually like get you know. 10 feet out and it's yeah, just so basically that's, that's, de- it's yeah, basically a diesel engine by the time it goes that's the next point. the next one says okay. after <laughs> spark plug electrodes are totally consumed during a pass after halfway the engine is dieseling from compression plus the glow of the exhaust valves at 1400 degrees fahrenheit and the engine can only be shut down by cutting the fuel flow so jeez that's wild that's silly let me guess what the next one is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've been pretty good so far. Yeah, the next one is the one about blowing up the motor if the spark fails. So, um, and this is the stuff where it gets kind of weird. And I saw somebody earlier that did the math on this. We'll talk about it in a minute. But um, dragsters reach over 300 miles an hour faster than you can complete reading this sentence. <laughs> In order to exceed 300 miles an hour in four and a half seconds, which is mind-boggling, dragsters must accelerate at an average of over four Gs. In order to reach 200 mile an hour well before half track, the launch acceleration approaches eight Gs. So, so what's what's the force that people black out at? It's got to be pretty close to that, right? Isn't it like eight sticks out of my mind, but I'm not a fighter pilot. Well, so then if I weigh 200 pounds, because that seems like a reasonable average weight for a, a human, yeah, for a human being, that would mean that that I I feel 1600 pounds of pressure put on me essentially. Yes. At launch. Yes. I mean, I don't think that I'm going to walk away from that without feeling something, right? It's got to feel like a punch in the chest. I mean, I remember we talked about how insane the G-load is in a Formula One car, and I think they're only in the fours. It's less than five, typically, yeah. That's half. And I don't know if, the, if like, going head-on makes a difference versus side-to-side. Like, well, and the other thing I've read is that the when you pull the parachute, it can be just as bad, if not worse. Yes, that was one of the reasons that Don Garlitz ended up retiring when he did was because he hit both shoots at the same time in a car and it detached his retinas. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's going blind from his retinas being pulled off the back of his eyeballs. Yeah. Whoa. From rapid deceleration. Did not think about that. <laughs> so, yeah, you can calculate um, G-force from 60... 60- 
you can calculate g-force based on your 60 foot time so like i don't remember like an eight a point eight six 60 foot time is like what comes to mind that might still be slow for them is like four and a half g's so a little farther down here it says zero to a hundred in 0.8 seconds and that's the first 60 feet of the run okay yeah so yeah you're probably uh, about right I'd always heard four to five G's off the line. And then like the crazy thing is that as the clutch comes in, like you just sustain that down the track because the car is just pulling harder and harder as, as the, the clutch is locking up and applying more power as you get further down. So, cause they essentially don't have, they essentially don't have a transmission to, to like gears. Does it? No, it's, it's just the, the clutch slips and slow and just engages harder and harder until you hit the end of the, the runway right yeah so it's it's like a five or six disc clutch and they they've got it timed with both weights to determine like by by centrifugal force how much clamping force is applied and then you've got timed solenoids because you can't do it electronically you have to do it uh like with a like a solid state thing you have to set a timer and say like you apply this much to the clutch at this point throughout the run so like the first half of the run, it's just basically slipping the clutch to apply a certain percentage of power as you get up to speed. And then you know, the, the last, you maybe like 400 feet, it's actually locking up one-to-one and you're putting all of it down by the time the car's moving that fast. Huh? Yeah. So, so like every, after every run, they're coming in and pulling all those clutch discs out and servicing them. And then, you know, finding out what their stack up height is and everything and doing all the preload and changing the weights out. And, Don't they rebuild those engines after every run too? Yeah. Take yes. It, yep. Take it all, all the way down to a bare block. If, or if everything goes well, it's all the way down to a bare block. And then if not, you pull it out and stick a new one in. Yeah. Cause it's either you're, it's good and you have to rebuild it. Or it's bad and it's nothing left. I think. Yeah. I think what I've seen is like in a in a best case scenario, it costs like eight thousand dollars to make a pass. <laughs> and this says here, assuming all equipment is paid off and the crew works for free and nothing blows up, each run is estimated at a thousand dollars a second. Yeah. Grief. <laughs> and then you're doing all that to win, like I think payout for top fuel in an HRA right now is like 30 K for a weekend or something like that. And you're making four qualifying runs and then four eliminations, elimination rounds. Yeah, you're not making money on the, on the race or on the win. It's, it's all in sponsorship dollars. And They're struggling for that now. reason alone, sometimes I'm really shocked that professional level drag racing still exists. Aren't they struggling right now? Like really struggling to. Oh Yeah. There's a lot of teams that are just in and out, you know, and even John Force last year was having trouble. And like, he's the biggest name in drag racing at that level. Yeah, that's what sticks out to me. I think that John Force basically saying like he wasn't going to be able to keep running his teams or whatever. Yeah. 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 There were wild. There were plenty of people that stuck it out last year. John just, uh, it seemed like John kind of sent everybody home and threw in the towel pretty quick, but he's been ahead of having a while. It. I wonder if it's yeah. almost like a that that final straw where he's like, you know, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm sick of this. 
Yeah, yeah which they're, re- they're re- back out this year. So that's good. Yeah, they're back out this year. So, but uh, finishes up. So zero to a hundred in point eight seconds for the first sixty feet. Zero to two hundred takes two point two seconds. Clear the first three hundred and fifty feet. Six G's at the starting line. Nothing accelerates faster on land. Six negative G upon deployment of the twin shoots at three hundred miles an hour. Um, it says here that an NHRA top fuel dragster accelerates quicker than any other vehicle on Earth, quicker than a jet fighter, quicker than the space shuttle. For a thousand feet. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now they now they're on a thousand feet. So this stuff is all written assuming quarter mile, but the current top fuel dragster uh, ET record is 4.420 in the quarter mile set in 2004 by Doug Kalita, and the top speed is 337.58 measured over the last 66 feet of the run in 2005 by Tony Schumacher. So to put that in in perspective, they're running like 330 in 1,000 feet now. They're doing it in 320 less feet. And running like yeah. 3.5, 3.6 seconds, something like that. They shortened up the racetrack to try and slow the cars down, and they didn't. They just gained them 320 extra feet of slowdown, is all it gained them. Yeah. Well, it, Which I guess is good too, right? Yeah, they probably <laughs> but, needed it. Yeah, rather than, rather than trying to tell tracks that they needed a minimum shutdown, they knew that tracks wouldn't do it. So they just shortened the actual race course didn't take any power away and now the cars blow up instead of blowing up in 1200 feet they blow up in 900 feet and it's if the uh dick lahay that's one of the old crew chiefs from way back when said a long time ago they just needed to take away they run like they run redundant fuel pumps and they run the dual mag setup he was like take away a fuel pump and take away a mag system they can only make so much power you slow it back down but they haven't done like formula one or you know all these other racing series have to where you take power away from the car they don't want to like they don't want to make the teams go through that added expense of all the development to do that so yeah so uh the last little bit here is is one of these stories that i i just think is hilarious to me so uh imagine you're driving a like a lingenfelter twin turbo corvette and you're set up a mile back or a, a mile ahead of you is a top fuel dragster staged and ready to launch. Uh, you have the advantage of a flying start. So imagine as you cross the starting line where the dragster is, you as, as the same moment that you hit 200 miles an hour. So you're already moving 200 miles an hour when the top fuel dragster leaves from a start. Not only will the top fuel dragster catch you, but it will pass you and beat you to the end of the quarter mile. <laughs> I need to see. So, and I saw somebody do the math earlier and at 200 miles an hour in 4.42 seconds, you will only cover 0.225 of a mile, which isn't quite enough. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's every, I, I, know, every time I see this pop up, I read it all the way from start to finish because the yeah. numbers are mind blowing. Like I, and none of the it's facts like are new SR to me. Like that 71 story? Yes, I could listen to that every that, day. That pilot tells you like every time I see it I'll stop and listen to it. Yep. It's the most amazing story in the world. Yeah, the the that Skunkworks book about it is is engineering pornography. It is so good. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's a, a, as far as I'm concerned it's a 
it's a must read for any engineering student. Like it should be required reading. Um, Skunk Works by Ben Rich, and I think I got that one right. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a definite read that you need. Yeah, uh, Dusty, have you ever been to a Top Fuel event? Oh yeah, we yeah. So up until I was like twenty five, I guess we went to the nationals in Ennis every year uh, for at least part of it. And so yeah, there's anybody that's never been you know you you say oh it's just cars going but you you can't possibly imagine the sensory experience of two top fuel cars going down the track it's it's the most visceral like you cannot believe that humans could make something that insane (laughs) i still need to see it live it's it's unlike anything else so it's it's staggering standing standing on the fence at the motorplex and you got to do it on the spectator side because the fence is a little bit closer there uh standing like 100 feet out it like rattles your vision you can't <laughs> like you whenever the cars go by you you're like <laughs> yeah it, it'll blur your vision it'll, like it's you feel it in your chest like un, unlike anything you've ever felt before it's I don't know. I it's wild. I, did, I don't like, like the. Oh, go ahead. The I just can't imagine going to like one of these tracks now. I think there's two or three of them now where they run four wide. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. I hate the concept of it because the racing sucks, but I want to experience it. <laughs> right. I can't. Like, is it? Does it reach a point where it's so loud that you don't notice it's louder? I, I think that kind of has to you know? be the case at a certain point, but yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure you hit a certain to, decibel and then it, it gets next to impossible to keep climbing from there. Yeah. I need to, I need to go to Vegas or Charlotte and find out for myself. But. Yeah. So flights to Vegas are cheap right now. I'm just saying. That's for damn sure. So flights cheap. Most, flights most anywhere I think are still pretty cheap. I don't think it's going to last. It wasn't quite. We we looked into it. It wasn't quite cheaper enough to fly to Austin this year. Yeah, I think that if for three of if you need to go somewhere this year, you should definitely get your tickets now because those prices are not going to stay cheap. No, especially if you're coming to Texas because COVID is over here. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, 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 totally. (laughs) It's over. It's gone. No, just pretend that it doesn't exist, and it won't. No, but it, it it was weird because it was yeah it dropped like ninety six percent. It's steadily climbed about I think flight hours are at like forty percent of what they were. But based on the feedback I've heard in the last like couple of weeks, based on people that have gone places, it's definitely gone back up. So yeah, I expect a busy they're summer. To, they're back to full planes. It's just not as it's not as many planes yet. Yep. But. Yeah, I mean you, I can hear the planes going over my house, you know, ten times as often as I did this time last year. Yeah, maybe a month from now. I was just happy that he's got a job now. Oh, it was stressful for a while there. I know a lot of the upper management was yeah. pretty stressed about it just because, yeah, I mean, you lose 96% of the flight hours. That's pretty dramatic when you're selling fuel nozzles for those planes. Theoretically, we lost... Exclusively. 90, yeah, theoretically, we lost 96% of our revenue. I mean, it wasn't not Like, that you dramatic, guys don't but, do anything else. You can't just like, oh, we'll do this to supplement our income for now. That's not... 
like even an option. No, no. But so yeah, luckily it wasn't as bad as it could have been from from our business standpoint. Yeah. Well, let's dive into Super Lab Battle 2021. Yes, our topic is brought to you by Petrobox, mypetrobox.com. Um, if you are using our code 1010, you get 15% off of your first box or anything that's in the store, which is uh, pretty awesome because I use I, I did what E-Man said to do and use the Eagle Grit for like a face wash. Oh, it's good. Exfoliated my skin. Felt great. That sounds terrible. That's nah, too much. Nah, it's, it's, it's good. It, it was a little. You gotta aggressive. stop talking about that stuff, Robbie. It's sold out. I know, but it's good. It's so good. But I, you I, sold I got it, it out, Robbie. I got it from. You can't Petrobox. tell people how amazing it is when they can't buy it anyway. But you can get the Grease Monkey gloves for like fifteen dollars, not counting with the discount code. And I use those every day when I'm over at Boonies working on the cage. And now I need to get new ones because I've used them so much. There's a hole in them. They're great. But yeah, if you want to get a monthly get subscription, pet- get your petrol pup dog leash. Yes, and collar. Yes, that was another thing. I had to wash my petrol pup leash, and, or not leash, the collar because it had skunk on it. Mm. Luckily, that cleaned up pretty nice. Because mm. yeah, my dogs looked super handsome in their uh, petrol box uh, collars. So I really appreciated that they sent those in the last box. But yeah, if you want to get wicked awesome car related um, leashes and um, collars, go to the store. 15% off. They are a hell of a value because they're only like 15 to $17 for the collar and 13 to $15 for the leash. You couldn't go to Walmart and get some like bland, boring ass one for that price. Plus you get 15% off. Use Truth. our code. So anyways, if you want a, a monthly subscription box that has awesome red car stuff in it, uh, mypetrobox.com. And then if you want to just buy some of the stuff that's super rad, just go to their store. Or, and then use the code TTP15, 15% off. So how was Super Lap Battle? Was it wild? So where do we start? Um, I feel like I missed out this year. Let's, we'll, oh, dude, this year was, it was a time. <laughs> so we'll go chronologically, right? That's fair. So um, as always, Friday morning, I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning and uh, jetted down to uh, Omaha. Um, this year, so through work situations, I haven't really had to drive my Cavalier lately because, um, where I've been working is much closer to my house than it is to the shop. And so I've just been taking my work truck home and then going straight back to the job site the next day, rather than going and getting my Cavalier. Um, and so I literally hadn't driven my Cavalier since the Valentine's day weekend, Good grief. Yeah. And I um I don't so that car, because it's a shit box beater car, uh, it does not know when the door is open because none of that none of that that switch doesn't work anymore. So uh it does not know to tell you, hey idiot, you didn't shut your lights off. Oh shoot. And so the so the idiot didn't shut his lights off and that battery was D E D dead. <laughs> so at four o'clock in the morning, I'm trying to pull my work truck up to my Cavalier so I could jump start it and uh, not lose too much time to end up being super late. Thankfully Dalton was late. And so <laughs> I was able to not be the one holding us up, which was nice. 
it's like running from a shark. You don't have to be faster than the shark. <laughs> you just have to be faster than your friend. Right. Exactly. So um, I'm actually pretty proud of my uh, my track record for Super Lab Battle because thus far I have never been the the second arriving party at the place where we um, meet in Omaha. I've always been the first one there, so they haven't had to wait for me, which is a huge accomplishment for me. And also, I cannot remember ever like needing a Walmart trip to get the thing I didn't remember. I'm so jealous of the people that get to go with you on these trips because I get the <laughs> polar opposite. You, you get, I will never forget so, PPIR. You get five five day trip Adam that brought a Walmart bag with him full of <laughs> three so things. He's got, he's got his cooler and his food, and then he's got like this like a Ziploc bag of clothes. It's like, oh, I got, I got this shirt. PPIR was not my fault, though. I didn't have, I hadn't had power for three days. Neither did I. I had a whole pot of coffee before I even showed up. Good for you. <laughs> I had like an hour and a half of sleep. <laughs> oh man. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I'm pretty proud of that. Like, I do pretty good. I'm, you know. We'll see how it goes this year. I hope I hope better so. than last year. But yeah. Yeah. These so, guys get to um but as we're driving down, uh there's for some reason, I don't know, maybe Dusty can explain this to me, but Texas apparently has a penchant for base model V six Camaros and Mustangs. And Challengers um, and Chargers. And and also they all think they're the fastest fucking thing on the roads. And yeah, I don't. <laughs> so we were in uh, Josh's Regal GS, and we came up upon this V6 Camaro that, um, like, so it was a fifth gen Camaro with, as Dalton pointed out to me, a sixth gen wing on it. And it had the rear window louvers, which I still maintain that unless you have a hatch car, you cannot have rear window louvers. Um, and then, uh, like, when he turned on his turn signal, uh, he had, like, aftermarket taillights in there, and they would flash towards the outside of the car. It annoys me that the Mustangs you know what I mean? do that. Like, or that there's, there's people that do it from the factory now. Right, but that's the like the Mustang has three or four lights to do that with. Yes, the Camaro so it was has just, two. So it was it just blink, 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 oh, blink, it, blink. Yeah, that's so lame. <laughs> yeah, and then when he hits his brake, all of the lights on the back of the car would flash two or three times and then stay illuminated. Oh, I hate that crap so much. Yeah, that that's a which thing. I think is actually illegal. I I think you're right. Yes. But either way, uh, we went to pass him, and he literally dropped a gear on. Of course, we were passing him in the slow lane because he wouldn't get out of the fast lane. (laughs) And he dropped a gear on us and tried to race. Did you take him? Like, Well, I mean, you know, I'm not going to get anybody in any trouble here. Statue of limitation. Only up to the (laughs) speed limit. Yeah, of course. Right. To nearly or slightly maybe above a little bit. Well, lucky for you in Texas, the speed limit is like 104. So I think we were still in Oklahoma at that point, but he had a Texas plate. So like it gets weird between Oklahoma City and Dallas. Yeah, yeah that's where the 
like, the the Tiger King guy was. Yeah, yeah. It's on the side of that highway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it shows. <laughs> it gets weird there. Like every year, something weird happens there. So, I don't know, man. It's just. <clears throat> Uh, I, I don't know what the deal is with, with those guys. There's a lot of them, frankly, way too many of them, and they all think they got a race, and they all think that they're the fastest damn things on the road, and they all have terrible-sounding exhaust. And I just I don't, I don't get it, man. But, hey, you do you. I don't have to get it, I guess. Yeah, we, no, don't, I, we don't live there. I don't go a day that I drive my Z to work that I don't have at least one person pull up beside me, slow down, drop a gear and then drive away. Like I don't, it's not fast. Like (laughs) it makes like it made 300 horsepower at one point. Maybe you need need a sticker that says my other car is a 500 horsepower second gen or sorry. Yes, second in Camaro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Just, I don't. I don't think I need to advertise that. Ah, <laughs> eh, fuck it. This is my slow car. How about that? <laughs> and it's yours too. Yeah, that's the <laughs> so. But I don't know. Um, so, of course, we stopped at Bucky's because now we have to do that every time. And it's glorious and fantastic. Uh, Dusty, as our uh, in-house local Texan, um, is Bucky's a thing you do or do you just avoid it like the plague? So I stopped there on the way down. I stopped at the one in Temple or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yep, Temple. Yeah, I, I hit that one on the way down. Cause it was like five, probably it was like six o'clock in the morning at that point. There wasn't that many people there. I stopped at it on the way back through and it was so packed that I drove all the way down the gas pumps. I did not see an open pump. There was people waiting at the pumps. I pulled right the hell back out of there, went across the street to the Sefco and got my gas, went in their sketchy bathroom and got on the road again. So what Robbie was, doesn't know about Bucky's yeah. is that I don't know, it's gotta be about the length of an average Walmart. Yeah, it's not right? as deep. It's not as deep, but it's a no, it's, it's not the as size deep, of a, but it's about as wide. It's this it's the size of a good size grocery store that also sells like clothing and stuff. Like it's not the regular grocery store, it's the bigger one. Okay. And the gas pumps run the entire length of it. And there's two Double rows of wide. Them. There's two, two rows, rows of, of them. them. Yeah. So there's got to be, I don't know, 200 pumps out there. I would, I would think between two and 300. And yeah, they were literally all either broken or had somebody add them. <laughs> That's insane. We'd stop. There's so, a- yeah. Look, it's fun to stop at, but I feel like if I lived in Texas, I would never go there. So I like, there's there's actually a couple up here like close to us now and like every like fifth or sixth time we go by there i'm like i need some warm candied nuts they have uh they have little it's like a little like funnel looking thing it's paper and you get pecans cashews something else yeah. and yeah for like four bucks 
and they keep them under a little heat lamp and they're co- coated in sugar and cinnamon and they're probably absolutely terrible and your dentist would tell you not to but that sounds awesome what does he know yeah he's just a dentist he's barely a doctor <laughs> might so. as well be a chiropractor yeah exactly so uh but yeah other than that it was a pretty uneventful trip there um we got there kind of like 9 30 10 ish checked in i crashed uh they my uh, my buddies had made or made a comment the next morning about my miraculous ability to fall asleep quickly yeah it's infuriating i don't know <laughs> infuriating that's not even apparently josh like even Josh like went to ask me a question, not realizing that like you were gone. I had decided it was time for me to go to bed. So he <laughs> went to ask me a question and and I didn't answer. And he's like, you know, like, hey, you know, like then realized, oh shit, he's out cold already. Yep. Like, yeah. No, I think you have sleep apnea yeah. or something. Cause you'll just be watching TV or like talking to us, tell like we'll be talking. And then all of a sudden, like a minute, and you're just like doing, doing a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when he decides it's time to sleep, he just goes to sleep, starts snoring, and then anyone else that has to sleep anywhere near him is like, well, fuck. <laughs> I sleep on my side. I apparently don't snore nearly as much. So I try to like be cognizant of that when I'm hanging out with you guys or whatever. So I appreciate that. It, 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 I swear it's gotten better than it used to be. Or maybe I just got better at sleeping through snoring. Now that my dog snores, I, don't know. As long I, just, as you. I try to sleep on my side, and that's apparently it's not an issue. So, <laughs> so I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what Katie tells me, and she would know. Yeah, yeah, she's the world's lightest sleeper. That poor, poor girl. That poor girl. <laughs> <laughs> she did not win she the does lottery. Not fall asleep quickly. Oh, she does man. not fall asleep quickly. It's very much the opposite. So, like, it's not uncommon for her to go to sleep like half an hour or to get in bed like half an hour before I do so that she's well on her way to falling asleep before I even get there. Oh, man. On the off chance that she might be able to fall asleep quickly enough to like avoid it, but it's probably not going to happen. Still. So, does she take like NyQuil every night just to get through it? No, she's on a like a prescribed sleep aid. I don't blame her. Because she has that much trouble with it, even without me. Oh. So. But yeah. Uh, so then Saturday morning, Dusty apparently decided that he was just going to to road trip the whole thing Saturday morning, which obviously for him isn't nearly as big of an ordeal as it is for me. But I think he got up at, you know. Yeah. 345. About the same time I. Yeah. How far so, is it for you? Um, it's it's three and a half hours for me. So well, that's not so bad. I wanted to be there no, last year. Totally reasonable. Yeah, last year I got there between like eight and eight thirty, I think. And like the people at the like media check in to get your vest at Kodo were like, "You're a little late, aren't you?" And I was like, "I don't. I don't <laughs> just give me the vest. Leave me alone." We're so not I was, making a living here. Yeah. So I was determined to be there like when the cars hit the track this year. And I was successful at that, but I didn't get on the side of the track I wanted to be. But next year. Yeah, there's always next year. We decided that chances are that all the fast guys weren't gonna go out and make laps the first session anyway. 
And so we didn't like really rush down to the racetrack. But so I, I wanted to see, I wanted to see Mr. Adam Jabay on track. And I was afraid that if I wasn't there for the first session, I might not get to do that. What are you saying? <laughs> just, hey, that turned out to be largely true. So I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to take a chance on it. So now seeing, seeing the GLTC cars out there is always cool. Just that many cars running similar times all packed together, even in practice is cool. Yeah. They put on a good show. So yeah, we, they did good this year. It was, um, it was, I think better than last year. The uh, show. I, yeah, uh, I, there were more of the, sorry, you go, you were there. What's that? I was going to say, there were more of the, uh, there were more of the like big names in, in GLTC there this year. Um, you know, like the, basically the, the top echelon of guys for the most part was there. Do you mean and the so, winning formula guys? Yes. Well, and, and Eric Kittel. and Eric, <laughs> right. So those, that group of people, uh, so, and then like there were a handful of grid life regulars that were trying out the GLTC thing this year that like, you know, I mean, yeah, it was their rookie races, but they came to, they came to race and they proved to do it well. So, um, I was talking to Abe Saturday night and he said that they're pretty sure that Austin hurdle is the first person in GLTC history to be on the podium. His first wheel to wheel race ever. Yeah, that's probably true. He did really well. I mean, I was very impressed. Yeah. He was quick right out of the box. I was interested to see as, as a fellow Z owner, I was, I was anxious to see how him and a high cutter would do. Oh yeah, I've been stalking him pretty religiously all winter, watching what he does, and like I should do that too. Yeah, I think I think Robbie and I both have the same spreadsheet going of 350Z weight and power combinations. And yep. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a calculator with multiple saves on the tab. Don't don't get me wrong. I I, I wasn't completely on board with his tactics for this one, but it clearly worked out because he went with he added a shitload of ballast to make it to 3300 pounds. So he could keep the, what do you have, like two, 295s on it? Yeah, yeah, 295 Hoosiers on it, but I can't remember what horsepower he had. But he had like 278 torque, which is absurd for a, a GLTC car. But it proved um, like a well-set-up car because he was freight training it down the back straight and the front straight and any straight. Freaking wild. The The word on the street was is that Jeremy Swenson's tune, in order to make – the power he needs because that that motor uncorked makes 420 wheel uh, yep. is what I was told. Uh, so in order to keep him at the roughly 256 horsepower, he needs to be legal. His drive by wire throttle body opens 46 <laughs> percent. That's crazy. I, so. I love I love GLTC. I cannot condone making a Corvette make 256 horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't support that life. We were joking like the whole weekend, like how terrible that must be for him as a guy who's, you know, he's, he had a Z, he, that car started or his red car started out as a ZR one, which makes like, I don't know, 600 horse or whatever it makes, you know? And then he had that, the big boy LS, the four sixty eight, which makes roughly that area, you know, like mid low to mid six hundreds, you know, makes six at the wheels uh, instead of six at the flywheel. 
Right. And then, um, you know, the sequential and all that stuff. And like, he's gone real fast in a straight line at those racetracks before. And it like, it's gotta just be like, why does it take so long to get from one corner to the next in this damn thing? (laughs) You know, I'm supposed to leave those guys way back there and then stand it on the nose, get it around the corner somehow, and then leave them again. What? Yeah. Why can't I do that? Yeah. Where's my 600 horsepower? So, but, um, Ferris rolled in there. Uh, I saw Friday night that he had posted, uh, a picture of him, of his car on the trailer at like 1030 loaded saying, well, loaded backwards with an oversized load banner on it for that front wing. (laughs) The front wing is literally wider than the than the space between the fenders on his open trailer. It might like be wider than the it might be wider than the fenders on the trailer. I don't think it's quite wider than the fenders, but he can't load that thing with the with the car forward with the wing on it. It won't clear the fenders on his trailer. That's crazy. So, um yeah, it's a wild deal. But so uh, he he walked in there and we were kind of walking around and, and he saw us and stopped to talk to us. And I was like, so uh, so how much sleep have you got? And he's like, I don't know, like like two hours. He says, I'm going to skip the first session. Like, <laughs> good idea. It's probably not the worst. Very idea. good idea. That's I, th- I think that's a strong, uh, smart move. Responsible. So, yeah, they Walks. still had some things they needed to button up. I walked over there at one point Saturday afternoon and there was just like, you had to wade through Red Bull cans to get to the car. (laughs) Yeah. Wild, wild deal. So, um, but he made, he made a run Saturday afternoon ish. Uh, and that was the first time the car had been on track. Uh, he went out, did a warm up, did a flyer. I'm watching it on my live timing app, uh, on race hero throws up a 208 which his previous best there was like a 213 or a 211 yeah, yeah i think a 13 13 yeah, so, yeah i think no he ran a 213 james's best time 2 years ago in the integra was a 211 and the record was in in the 207 range with life and that so, that 13 was on yokohama's too it wasn't on right. it was on ao 52 not, not the slicks yeah right so with 800, what he claims is 850 wheel, which I've got my opinions on. He claims is 850 wheel. Uh, he ran a 208 fresh off the trailer. No testing. No, just seeing how this thing's going to work. Nothing. Just there it was. With, just shaved five, six seconds off of his previous best. With massive new front arrow and a radiator in the back seat. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if you heard about this, Robbie. They were having trouble with the car overheating on the dyno. So they put a second radiator in the hatch. I did not know that. I know that they were having trouble putting the power down on the dyno. And I was watching that. Yes. On, his, that, on, on that Ferris's story. Too. I did not realize that he had a, a overheating problem too. Yes, so there's a second radiator in the hatch of that that they kind of last minute hacked in there just so they could get the car to cool. So is it just like in parallel, or uh, in or is it in series? It's yeah, in series. Yeah, I'm assuming series. 
It's got to have a shit. But like, you could just reach back behind him and touch yeah. the thing. Like, it's right. I'm just like there. This guy be like did a the ther- little, Did like, the thermostat open yet? Let me see. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. It's open. So is he got like a fan sitting behind him too? There's two fans attached to the radiator shroud on the back side of the radiator. I'm surprised he even ran with back glass or anything like that. Or like you know, just and then they were they were there. starting to like the hatch was starting to like yeah. melt in melt. <laughs> And so in order to try and duct heat out of the back hatch, he's got arrow latches on both sides of the hatch. Yep. So he took a like a socket and some electrical tape and taped it where the factory latches in the center and then slammed both sides down for the arrow latches. And so it stuck up like <laughs> almost two inches in the middle. Yep. Sent it. Respect. He said it. He said at one point he was. He came back around. He was going to let the car cool down for a minute on pit lane and then do another flyer. And after sitting in there for a few minutes, he was like, "No, nah, I think I'm good. I'll get out of here." <laughs> yeah, I don't so, blame him for that. He should call Don. So he claims. Yeah, right. He <laughs> claims that the, that car full tilt makes around eleven. And Life claims that their car somewhere around full tilt makes eleven. And I have opinions on this because um, both of those cars are very high profile builds. Uh, They're very well documented on, on their respective social media channels. And you can go and you can see, like you can see them, all the parts they put in the cars. You can see all the things they've done to them. You can see them working on it. None of them ever post dyno graphs. And that's because I think they're all lying bastards. <laughs> I, like, I remember when uh, when Ferris built that motor, or when Ferris had that motor built, uh, it was expressly stated that that motor was a 2,000-horsepower capable engine, that it, could, it can hold up to 2,000 horsepower reliably. I do remember that. And, and then the GTR that Life has... That's got a T1 racing development motor in it. And those guys have like multiple six second GTRs that come out of that shop that make triple 1100 horsepower. I just have a really hard time buying it. Now, maybe they don't run them any like uh, I, I think Ferris never left his low boost setting and it probably really is 850 horsepower. But I think the full boost is probably not what he claims but that's fine yeah. you keep your secrets <laughs> mr secret man it's still so. it still comes back to putting it to the ground and that like yeah you know a, a a car in a drag racing situation with a super sticky slick and in the the gtr's case four super sticky slicks on it like you can you can do a lot more to use that in a quarter mile than you potentially can at you know Oh, I'm sure that both those course, cars have to run some sort of boost by gear setup before yeah, know, it's all said and done. I know. I don't know if it's tuned in yet, but I'm sure it'll be a thing that they'll have to run. Yeah, I know. I know Ferris had that before, so I'm guessing they're probably they're probably lining up getting it tuned for the new setup. But I know that um, he he laid down 
two or maybe three two oh eights throughout the weekend and then started having traction control issues. And as soon as he would lay into power, the car would just straight into traction control and they couldn't do anything about it. And they never, you know, they were fighting it, trying to figure out why it was doing that. And so he never got the chance to turn it up. He never got the chance to really dial it in. Um, We talked to him after he came in off of his first flyer in that like early Saturday afternoon session. And uh, somebody asked him like, you know, how's the front arrow working? And he's like, Oh, it's, it's very stuck. He said, the back end just doesn't have any traction anymore. And he has an APR 1000 on there. Like the largest commercially available, like mass produced wing that money can buy is what he's got on the back of that thing. And it's not enough. Dual element with the second element maxed. And they were laying the entire thing at more angle of attack, trying to get more into it. So I've, I've never kicked myself harder for missing a shot than I did his first flyer. I was standing on the, on the outside of turn two coming back down the hill, standing there with a camera down by my side, like a dumbass with my mouth hanging open. And I watch him go up the hill to turn one. And the thing is shooting sparks like 150 feet off behind it because both sides of that front wing were bottoming out on the skids. And it's, it looks like the DeLorean and back to the future hitting 88 miles an hour. And I was just like, Oh my God. (laughs) And yeah. yeah, And then I looked down at the camera in my hand and I was like, you dumbass. (laughs) That was the shot. And for the rest, I think they, I think they must've cranked up the the compression or raised the ride height a little bit or something because it, it didn't do it again the rest of the weekend. I was just, every time he went up that hill, I was like, I was ready for it. I'm like, ah, oh, come on. Nothing. There was still quite a, there was some sparks coming off of it just about any time, but um, yeah, not like it, not like it did that first flyer. So yeah, I, I caught him, I guess between 19 and 20, there's a dip on the, or I guess between 18 and 19 off of the big four apex turn, there's a pretty good dip that it was, it would touch the outside on. So, um, a couple other things that I saw Saturday, uh, Eric Dixon, who is a listener, uh, posted on the, on the group that he was going to be there. Uh, he was there mechanicing, I guess you could say, uh, with a, like a, Talon, a DSM that was like the same gen as as uh, Brian's car in the first Fast and the Furious. Um, it's like the world's wildest Eagle Talon, like or at least the yeah, widest. Yeah, so it's got a it's got like a full AMB Aero kit on it. Robbie, I think you're going to struggle to find pictures of it, and I'll explain to you why here. Oh, so but, uh, first of all, the guy who owns that car, who owns the DSM the owner driver of the car. Remember when you went to TT nationals yes. and you were telling us the story about the guy who was driving the blue noble. Yes. I like that. that guy. He had, he had had a tree fall on it. Yes. And then he fixed it. I remember. Apparently another tree fell on it. Damn it. While he was driving it. How does that happen? I don't, I don't <laughs> even know, but he now owns this DSM. Oh, so small, world. kind of a weird world, yeah, right? That, that guy's super but, cool. Uh, <clears throat> Saturday they went out. Uh, I think they got one uh, kind of like test flyer in just to see how the car was going to go. Um, and then something went wrong and they had to pull off and bring the car in 
And then uh, I went and talked to Eric Sunday morning. They were able to fix the car. And he told me that what had happened was the intake gear on the cams, yep. the intake cam gear, um, the screws that hold it to the cam itself had backed out and it had the gear had slid out enough that it had come off of its dowel pin that holds it in place. Oh shit. And it, and so it rocked into the exhaust cam and locked the cams up. Ooh, what a the, mess. The rotating, the valve assembly. And that's my nightmare. Uh, so they, none of his valves point the right direction anymore. Right. So they, no. um, so through, through probably, I'm assuming the miracle that is Facebook, uh, and, their their respective automotive enthusiast groups, they were able to find somebody that had new cam gears and cams, and he brought them to the racetrack from somewhere local, apparently. Huh. And they were able to throw that in there so that they could actually compression test the engine, found that two intake valves were bent. Again, through the... I'm assuming through the modern miracle of social media, they were able to find somebody who was local that had a, that brought a complete head uh, that they pulled uh, the valves and stuff that they needed out of, put it in their head uh, and got the motor back together and were able to go out on Sunday. And I didn't go and talk to him because I was a little bit of afraid of uh, just how disappointing and depressed they were going to be. Um, but I saw when they were coming around on the front straight, I think after their warm up, starting their first flyer, I think he money shifted it. No. And the car never made it back on track. Oh, shit. Now, they, yeah. they talked about that car at length on the live stream for quite a while on Saturday. It's a really cool car. Yeah. Like, it, it's a really cool car. Um, like I said, it's a it's an Andrew Brilliant uh, aero design a full the full package yep. it's got a bunch of carbon fiber it makes some like 600 and some odd horsepower or something like that like it's it's i'm sure when they get it uh when they get it shook down and they get the bad luck that they've got running uh behind them that that car is going to be a rocket ship yeah for sure but it was really it was a bum deal no, that's too bad that's yeah, that sucks to get get there and have that type of luck yeah so it's just i couldn't believe it like uh you know because i went uh we were over there looking at the car and and of course i don't recognize anybody with the masks on and i've never actually met eric before so he's right. like oh you're adam right like yep that's me you know and, and like that's when it clicked like oh okay now i know who you are now i'm with <laughs> you now okay and uh so you know then i went back and talked to him like and he was telling me the noble story and like oh that's this guy, maybe racing's not for him. You know, <laughs> if you had a bolt, you've had you have a noble that's had a tree falling on it, not once but twice, twice. while you're driving it, and then uh, the cam gear is, you know, just like this. If it weren't for bad luck, he'd have no luck at all. I guess I don't know, man. Well, to be fair, the tree things never happened at the track, so I suppose it's not racing that's at, at fault. I suppose it's, like it's street driving. Was it a noble or a Prius that was going to happen? Right. Yeah. So, but. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else that we need to talk about from Saturday uh, at the races? The live stream was super good. We had it on while I was working on the Porsche in the shop. And basically, I just stopped working and then stood over and watched my laptop for the entire races and then went right back to what I was doing. 
Yeah. So I appreciate the live stream. Yeah, I think the the craziest thing of all of it was the number of spectators that were there both days. And the car yeah. show that has always kind of been just a like a oh hey, there's some cars parked over there. Those guys wanted to pay a little extra to drive into the paddock. Like the car show actually looked legit. <laughs> it, it looked I didn't really spend a lot of time looking at it because the on track stuff was was kind of enthralling enough but there was some wild stuff over there i don't i don't, i didn't really venture in there too much but um i saw somebody you know how i feel about about rat rods you love but them some, yeah i love them they're the greatest things i think everyone should build one uh somebody had a rat rod that was there um i don't know what it was some old car thing right uh yeah, it was a like a model a or some yeah thirties Ford right. four door thing. Uh, diesel swapped fine. Whatever. That seems to be more uh, common now. Yeah. The diesel your, swap rat like, rods. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Whatever. Uh, he had tracks on the back listening and it was on air ride. That's not, a, I like the, So the when he parked, he, he could lay it out. To, on tracks like on f- tracks and while i still think it's dumb it was kind of cool yeah that you, you had me at tracks man that, that it was one like- of those things right like i've every fiber of my being wants to not support it <laughs> but it's kind of cool yeah i would have so enjoyed I- that the last two years saturday morning i've been on the inside road and like shooting the cars as they drive by on the track and then looking back behind me because there's inevitably there's people pulling into the car show and it's cool stuff or, you know, wild stuff for one reason or another. And then there's people pulling into the drift paddock, which is also wild in its own way. And I turn around and look and see this thing. And as I'm like looking down at it and I see it's got a giant turbo hanging up off of Cummins and I see it's got like giant wire wheels on the front and I'm following my way down and I see the like rusted body or it might've been painted. I don't, I didn't look at it that close. And then my eyes just see the tracks. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> they're so not I, like, they're not like huge, like full length tracks. They're just, you know, like the ones that you put at each wheel. Right. Yeah, like the it's like the ones that uh, Ken Block had on the F one fifty in that snow video a few years ago. There you go. The front was just like a big meaty mud tire. But it seems like it was on like wire wheels though, like an old style like wire wheel with a hubcap in the middle. Yeah. So it was a weird deal. Um, Somebody there. I was going to take a picture of this, but my phone was dead. Shocking, I know. Uh, (laughs) That somebody had a. Pontiac G6 that would like lay out on air and it was dope. <laughs> no. Come that on. Guy's, <laughs> that guy's getting ready for spec LUTs. It was the coolest. I was he's gonna too. he's gonna crush it in the in the design and engineering. That's true. Yeah, me and Josh were like kind of fanboying over this thing and ryan goes what's wrong with you iowa is showing (laughs) (laughs) because he's from south dakota so apparently he thinks he's better than me he's wrong but that's what he thinks yeah that's sioux falls attitude man 
Yeah, right. I don't know what to tell you. No joke. So, um, yeah, I think that's let's, yeah. Let's, let's talk about what happened after that's we what, left yeah, the track. Yeah, on nobody Saturday. cares about what happened at the track. Okay, so Saturday night, the Grid Life uh, people were putting on what they had called snack battle. Was that a snack battle officially? Super snack battle, I think, was the official term. Yeah. And so it was being held uh, at Rally Ready School, which is a a rally school, if you hadn't picked that up from the name, uh, that's located not that far away from the racetrack um, in Austin. But it turns out it's... It turns out it's like 11 miles and it's 30 minutes. Well, it would have been. So um, the racetrack, you know, it's got this huge parking lot because it's designed to hold tens of thousands of people worth of of spectators uh, for not only for the Formula One race and stuff like that, but for like the Tay Swift concerts and the whatnots. So they've got this huge parking lot and right now they can't do any of those things. So they're not using it. So the state is using it as a vaccination center for, um, for COVID. Yep. And so there's like a billion cops there all the time. And there's, like thousands of people streaming in and out of this place all the time. And so um, traffic coming in and out is kind of directed. And so we're, we're coming down to the main road and we need to go left because going left is the way you go to get to rally ready school, but they'll only let us go right. And if and there's, you go a, right, and there's enough traffic out there that you can't turn right and then just make a U-turn. Like there was enough going on that it, that wasn't happening either. And there's a, and when you went right, it like doubled the length of time it took for us to get there. So it ended up being a very long and drawn out ordeal. <laughs> but what what also added time to it was the fact that it was down a paved road and then a not so great paved road and then a gravel road and then a dirt road. <laughs> <laughs> and now's cool. a and now's a fine time to mention that Whenever I was surveying the vehicles that I could drive down there, I looked past my four-door stock height GMC Sierra. I looked past my wife's brand new 2021 Chevy Blazer, and I drove my lowered 350Z with fixed-back Kevlar Cobra bucket seats. You you made the right choice. I'm just just, just putting it out there. Oh, yeah. It was a... Had it was you a blast. driven the Blazer, your wife would have been pissed at you. Uh, if I'd bl- driven the Blazer, we would have found a place to park it, and I would have ridden with you. <laughs> 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 or I would have been stopping at a detailing shop on the way back. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um, we get there uh, by the grace of God, frankly. So you, you're driving like we're out in the middle of like bush country. It's at the it's at the end of a road, like you, yeah. If you look at it on the map, the road stops. The road doesn't go any farther. Like we're out in the middle of nowhere and they're like, you know what? We probably shouldn't keep going with this road. Let's put a rally school here instead. <laughs> but like a, and there's a, a sign mile away, you're driving like and it's like junkyard houses and like dilapidated meth lab trailer houses. And then all of a sudden there's a fucking gated entrance into like a housing development with six or eight mansions in it just like huge mansions i don't i don't know what that's, they're doing out there that's elon's there. that's elon's house yeah maybe 
It was weird. So, but we get there, we get to rally ready, uh, and we went out. And so we, we, they had somebody had like catered barbecue there. Right. And that was going to be the night's adventure. And they had like a, a hay trailer set up and they, they had a live band that was getting set up to, um, play music on there. And, and they, they were, and they were doing laps in a Subaru rally car. Yep. So you could take, you could pay $20 to make like an auto. It was basically a rally cross course with a Subaru and they were taking time to see who would be the fastest. Um, I don't know. Like if you won your money back or I don't know what, what was going on there, but all I, um, all I remember about that is that Jabay beat Luke McGrew. And he said that nobody could tell Luke that he had beat him. Cause Luke would spend unlimited amounts of yeah. money <laughs> just to beat him again. <laughs> so I don't know what happened to that, but, uh, we are we were we were standing in our in line to use the bathroom basically and we're looking out across and i think it was dusty that says like dude sitting at that picnic table like i think that's bucky lassick and I, so i kind of look out there and i'm like yeah dude that's <laughs> fucking bucky lassick and so we Googled him just to be sure. And like, sure as hell enough, so that was Bucky Lassick. So he's been doing rally stuff with like Pastrana and, and, and those guys the last couple of years. So it doesn't surprise me that he's at a rally school. Yeah. yeah so they, I think he's he they actually like partially owns it or something. Well, they, they actually prep and run his cars out of there. Gotcha. So. Yeah. yeah. But he's like, you know, high school me, that guy was awesome. Like I played him as a, as a, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Tony Hawk Pro Skater. You know, and then Dalton, Dalton, I know originally from my skating days, he was one of my skateboarder buddies. And like Bucky Lassick was a huge influence to Dalton. So Adam so, Adam grabs Dalton and he says, Hey, look over there. That's Bucky Lassick. And Dalton has like the most childlike wonder just wash over him in a in a stream of like, ah. That's Bucky Lassick. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty weird. Did it he goes very weird. Uh, then, in typical Dalton, did he just walk over and introduce himself, or how'd that? No, go? actually, I think we just decided it was best that we leave him alone. We decided to uh, respect his act privacy. like we'd been there before. We obviously hadn't, but we acted like we'd been there before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's no big deal. We hang out with celebrity uh, action sports stars all the time, right? Well, so, yeah, we, we hang out with uh, Jabay and his friends. Yeah. Aaron Kaufman was there. It's the second time I've done things near or next to Aaron Kaufman. So that's kind of weird. uh, Nads from Hoonigan. The guy who brought time attack to the United States, like literally the (laughs) guy, like he is the OG of time attack in the U S if it weren't for him, it wouldn't exist. Right. We wouldn't have been there. Somebody else might have thought to do it, but he was the first. So, yeah. So that was kind of weird. Uh, we ate s- some pretty good barbecue. It wasn't. It was uh, not the best I've ever had, but it was definitely not the worst I've ever had, uh, especially because yeah. it was free. So that never hurts. It's always Rudy, good. It's free. It was from Rudy's. It's passable. That's yeah, it was good stuff. Um, and then we got invited to go look at rally cars, which of course we obliged. Uh, and so we went. 
into this like huge metal building that they had that we estimated being like 80 by 120 probably. And it's got lifts all the way down one side and just cars mid build parked down the other side. Okay. And we're, we're kind of, I saw in one of their posts that they have eight rally builds going right now. And then that, that two sixty Z that green one was another build that they'd taken on recently. Yeah. There was so a two sixty like Z with a roll cage and an RB 25 in it. Neat. I would do extremely terrible, awful things. <laughs> it was so cool. Yeah, it was, it was very good. It looked like a very nice car. I saw they so, have a po- they have a post about it, and apparently whoever owns its name is Dusty. So I'm just going to try to go down there and be like, "Yep, I'm Dusty. This is my car. I'll just I'll, I'll just <laughs> be going now. Thanks." Yeah. So we're in there. We're looking at these cars. It's like a classic mini, and obviously there's uh, the obligatory grouping of Subarus and uh, I think two Evos. Um, there was a Subaru in there where the engine had been pulled out and was on an engine stand in front of it. And inside someone had written with like paint marker. Oh, it's you again on the inside <laughs> of the bell housing. <laughs> and that, that one's an older good. one. That's like an old, uh, like 2.5 RS car. It was super yeah. cool. I just thought that was funny. Like, yep, it's me again. <laughs> I'm back. We're taking this motor out again. <laughs> what are you going to do? So, but, uh, the, the crazy thing on that one too, I was looking at it with Josh. It was like, we were looking at the, the strut towers and everything. And it's like, none of this is factory. Every bit of this is fabricated and like, just like finished out super nice painted, you know, industrial white. It, it is seriously impressive looking at those cars up close to see what it takes to make them do what they do on a old busted ass gravel road. Uh, you've never seen a cage until you've seen a professionally built WRC cage in a Subaru or an Evo. Yeah, there was, I was drooling over the FIA bars running from the, the top corner of the, where the A pillar meets the roof and the bottom corner of the cage. It's like, that's when you know you're doing man stuff. Whenever you got to add another bar in there with the other bars. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's extra. Lots of cages. Like everywhere that like your vertical meets with your horizontal hoop, like the top hoop, there was an extra gusset bar that's like six or eight inches long. Right. And then they had a gusseted plate welded in there too. Like everywhere. Yeah. Dude, yeah. that cage was insane. Kind of like something you'd put for a Pike speak bill or something. Yeah. So, um, but we're, we're kind of hanging out there just looking at cars, talking to people and whatnot. And then all of a sudden some asshole in a drift car comes in there uh, because his clutch doesn't run or doesn't work. So uh, he's got to rev this so, thing to the moon just to get it to move. Turns out it's fielding shredder uh, <laughs> of hyper car fame or hyper drive yep. fame. Yep. Uh, so his, I, th- I think he's a Texas local. Is he not? Yeah. He's, he's from Austin, Houston area. Um, okay. So yeah, that, that car made me want to do two J things. Yeah. I did not I did not mind that he had to rev it to the moon to to make it move because it makes pretty sounds. <laughs> That's fair. I, looked, I can't I looked over that. it. I looked over at Josh after he killed it and I was like, man, 
I I need a 2J real bad. And he was like, yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. You're not, you're not helping. <laughs> He's not known for that. Yeah, I've kind of determined that. <laughs> He's helpful, so, just yeah, not put, the way you need him to be. Yeah, not always. So, um, but there had to have, they put it up on a lift to get to, we, we were guessing they were trying to change out the clutch. Turns out we were right. Um, they put it up on a lift and they had it up. I don't, dude, they had it up in the air for like 30 or 40 minutes at this point already. And they still hadn't had the drive the, shaft out. And, and there's like 10 people underneath this car. Like actually working walk, or just like it, looking at things? No, like. There were wrenches. They were holding wrenches up. They were doing things. The drive shaft still wasn't out. I was like, what is what are they going doing? on? They would walk over to the toolbox and grab a handful of tools and then come over. And people were moving the wheels. And there was guys at the rear end. And then they would all walk back over to the toolbox and they would come back. And there was guys at the rear end and there was guys moving the wheels for at least 30 minutes. Yeah. And then there was a second group of guys who had like some landscaping lumber, right? Yeah. Like what you yeah, trim a, a garden with a around land, yeah. your house. Landscape timber. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what started out as a circular saw and um, a tape measure. And we were like, what? Like now we're interested. Like, are they making a drive shaft? Or like, <laughs> what are they doing here? <laughs> right. Is- like wh- what's about to happen. Right. So we're like, we're going to hang out here for a little while, but w- eventually uh, we gave up because nothing was happening and we left. But I think what they were doing, because we watched them with the tape measure and we watched them cut it. I think that they measured how high in the air the engine was. They were, and then they they were they measuring from the, the, yeah, they were measuring from the oil pan to the floor. Yep. And then they went and they measured the the lumber. And so I think what they were doing is trying to make a support for the engine when they had the trans pulled. But they they were in a shop where they build rally cars from the ground up. <laughs> yeah, you don't. It, and so but then they tried to cut it with like a cordless 18 volt or 20 volt DeWalt uh, circular saw. Okay. And for whatever reason, we're unsuccessful with that, which didn't make any sense to me because it should have been more than capable of cutting that <laughs> piece of wood. Uh, and then so somebody ran over behind us where we were standing and grabbed a chop saw with a what is clearly like a, a diamond cutting metal blade for cutting uh, <laughs> tubing to make roll cages with. Uh-huh. And they went and said, I, I think they used that to cut this piece of lumber. So I, I think they started trying it and then figured out that that wasn't a good plan and then figured out that all they needed to do was just flip the landscape timber over to cut the other half of it because the blade wasn't going deep enough. Oh, yeah, that, that's probably true. <laughs> so why would they need it to support I don't know. the engine? Why would the, shouldn't the engine support itself? Yes, unless, unless the... Well, if, they're pulling the, if they're pulling the trans out, the transmission mount probably holds the back of the motor up. But, but it's, uh, my it's, question was, there has to be like, like they do stuff with lifts in here. Like there has to be a transmission jack in here somewhere, right? Like, well, I, the only thing I can think of, which would make sense is because if it's a two J and it's got a, it's probably got a one piece transmission Unlike like a, you know, like a T56, you can take it apart in two pieces. So the bell housing separated from the transmission, right. um, Nissan and Toyota don't, I don't think they do that. So it's just one gigantic transmission. So I'm imagining what you, they would probably be needing to do is lift the car up, 
put something un- below the front of the engine and tilt it as back as far as you possibly can, and then drop the you know get so you can reach the top of the bolts or the bell housing bolts. Um, because that's kind of what I would have had to have done for the SR20. So that's the only thing I think of was that they were doing that. Okay. Uh, if there's any other explanation we gave beyond, up, like at first we were dedicated to seeing this through to the end. But it was taking so long to do anything that we gave up and left. I have I have an idea. You guys should book Fielding Shredder and uh, ask him what was going on there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a, a great story, and and we're just missing like one key piece. But he was out ripping on Sunday, so they got it. Whatever they done did somehow. Yeah, he was out ripping in downtown Austin later that night. I think because he was in the picture with uh, Larry, Chin. Larry Chin. They did a another one of their. Uh, Street sharking with drift cars endeavors looked like that night. So it seems to be Larry Chen's new favorite thing. That's I don't blame him. It looks really fun. It looks like <laughs> a good fair. time. But he it's like like for sure his favorite thing to do now. Anytime yeah, he goes I, to like an event like this, he goes street sharking. I sp- spent like and not the Russian kind no, of no, street sharking. Yeah, <laughs> like I spent like seven hours in a. Know in a car over the weekend that was kind of sort of qualifies for that. So yeah, I can, I can see why. Yeah. So then Adam Jabay invited us back to where they were staying for, um, to record a podcast cause he wanted to record with us. Um, and what he told us at the time was that he was staying at a mansion and we we're like, okay, uh, elaborate so, please. And so, we- I guess we there were like, like you, 14 or 15 of them. Yeah. So we were like, like, you flew here in a private jet and now you want to flaunt your mansion at us, sir. <laughs> yeah. They, they flew there in a jet that was like somehow related to Papa John. I think it was like owned by his ex-wife or something like that. But uh, for the sake of the story, it's Papa John's private jet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all that matters. But it doesn't have yeah. a pizza oven inside. So, Lame. No, which I was really disappointed in. <laughs> but uh, um, so the, the Grid Life crew, there was like 12 to 15 of them. And rather than booking enough hotel rooms, which would have cost an arm and a leg, they Airbnb'd uh, like this huge mansion for 700 bucks a night. Uh, and this thing has like a ballroom, which was like, I don't know, probably 60 by 80 or maybe even bigger than that, two stories tall, just like this huge open expanse of a room. Uh, And then out back, there was an outdoor kitchen with like a smoker and a grill. And there was a swimming pool that had uh, just like rocks all the way around it and palm trees. And it looked straight out of like the Playboy Mansion grotto, right? Yes, it was a grotto. That's the way way you describe such a... Jubei referred to it as a grotto, not a swimming pool. So, And he is clearly, uh, as we've now dubbed him, Jabaler. (laughs) So um, he would know. Well, the I don't know these fancy things. I'm not fancy. I don't have fancy friends. I'm not Jabaler. I find it really funny because they were talking so, on, on his podcast. He was talking about how it was like a really expensive house, but like really put, poorly put oh, it's together. A total so yeah, the, the, perf- <laughs> the place the is perfect, a total like the the perfect summary of it is the, what the, he is what he said was 
It's like if you wanted to build a ten thousand a ten thousand square foot house, but you only had a three thousand square foot budget. <laughs> yeah, it's like immediately when you walk in and like I don't really notice that much stuff about houses. I walked through the door and I was like, "Holy crap! There's some sketchy stuff going on in here." Like the the wall, there are windows in there that the panes, the, the like individual panes of glass have been broken because the walls have shifted far enough that the glass has cracked. And oh, like, shit. there was like this huge window in the ballroom and just looking at it, you're like, that window is like three inches off of being level. <laughs> and like, so the, I don't think it was ever level. Yeah. The, the ballroom part was added onto the back of the house and the, the, wall where it connected to the the original back of the house that had a gap that you could put your hand in. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it was it was pretty sketchy. And so. then the and then the craziest thing, the door out to the pool in the back was like four and a half feet tall. Like, I could almost hit my head on the yeah. doorway. Yeah. They had if, to duck. Oh, like pretty weird. much everybody else had to duck. Yeah, if me or Adam can hit our heads on it, things are things are kind of weird it, and it was like obviously short like you looked at it's like what the fuck <laughs> so it looked like somebody just like cut the bottom eight inches off the door and just hung it that's so but there weird. wasn't like an eight inch gap that's how tall the door needed to be right so i don't know that was weird but uh we went outside and we're walking around the pool and dalton goes man i would i really want to jump in this pool and i was like well then you should and he's like, well, I don't have anything to wear. And I was like, then don't. <laughs> <laughs> and so he starts stripping down. I was like, oh, shit, he's actually doing this. The Iowa so, man doesn't uh, need to video. be told twice. <laughs> no, no. And he was like only two beers deep. So essentially stone cold sober at this point. He, uh, he doesn't need an excuse to be naked. No, I don't think <laughs> he's, he he's just, no. just putting that out uh, there. Like if someone's like, hey, we're at this party, we should be naked. He's like, yeah, we should be naked. <laughs> Just, I've been told, remember the dicks out for Harambe thing? Yeah, kind of. I've been told by other people that that was one of Dalton's favorite crazes. <laughs> so, I mean, take that as you will. Oh, God. But Dalton strips down to to his nothings and just jumps into the pool. Uh, like yeah, there's, I, I there's pre- 20 I, there's, people there. And I had like... And dude, he didn't check the temperature, you know, because I mean, it was warm ish outside, but it was not like 80 degrees out. Like, but he didn't check the temperature of the pool. He didn't check it. He just jumped right in. Yeah, you got to respect that. Just mad respect. Yeah, I, I'm Saturday night. I'm sitting at home and I just get a video. <laughs> Fucking Dalton strips naked and just full frontal Dalton jumping into a pool. You know what? That That is what I needed on my Saturday night. <laughs> Absolutely, man. We needed to let you know what you were missing out on. I yeah, I, I was definitely Katie. missing out. There's I text Katie and I said, Dalton just stripped down naked and jumped in a pool. And she goes, He did what? I said, I've got a video if I need to send it to you. She's like, Nope, that's fine. I'm good. Like, okay. I mean, <laughs> you're lost, really. Oh God. So well, then the rest of the weekend we spent making fun of him about like, dude, it's not that cold in Texas. You know, <laughs> It's never that cold in Texas. He said it which was is, chilly out is, there, but don't let him lie to you. 
It's doubly funny because right saying that because not only is it funny to make fun of Dalton, but also it was really cold in Texas just <laughs> so a few weeks ago, and so it's extra funny to say, dude, it's never that cold in Texas. No, it's all it's always warm there. Fact. <laughs> so um, there is no doubt in my mind that the primary renter of that house are porn production studios. <laughs> For sure. Like it's it's the giant three quarters empty mansion you see in every porno. <laughs> For sure. Complete with the so, pool. Yeah. The pool, the exercise room, the ball the room. weirdly decorated kitchen that no one clearly uses on a regular the, basis. The piano in the dining room. Tom O'Gorman played the Jurassic Park theme song on the piano in the dining room. God, that's so good. So, and I feel like uh, I would be doing a disservice if I didn't mention the fact that there is a wonderful story that everyone needs to go and listen to on Slip Angle's Patreon. Yes. Uh, I don't know. We've we've kind of said that we'd never go there on this show. We we kind of that's, yeah. That's. It's kind of a topic, and it's a story we glimpse. But we went, we went there on their Patreon by their request, and it's absolutely worth the five dollars. It's, it's, I it's, promise you, it's a glimpse into the deepest, darkest spaces of, of Iowa. Yeah. So go, yeah, the Iowa Man Patreon Slip Angle Show, which is, I don't know when it's coming out. Yeah, whatever it costs is worth it. Sounds like the uh, Adam you nev- You'll never laugh that hard. Uh, don't listen to it at work or with children. Yeah, don't. Yeah, definitely by yourself. Definitely not with children. <laughs> Treat it like the Pornhub podcast and just quietly listen by yourself and don't yeah. tell. Don't tell everybody what you're listening to. Uh, Make sure that you don't. To it, like on a plane, you will look like a crazy person because you will be rolling in the aisle. Crying, laughing. God, such a I good promise story. you. It is such a good story. It's the best story. I've heard it multiple times, and I'm probably going to still pay to download it again. I heard it's it twice on. Funny. I heard it twice on Saturday, and I can't wait to pay money to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh, I love a lot of a lot of people near the food trucks at Coda got to hear it for free. <laughs> <laughs> Same with the the people at PPIR because he he told it there too, but the yeah. at PPIR it was still playing out. It was it hadn't completely played out. Yeah, it's it's played out now. So at the at the track so. he's he's saying this, and Abe is just like completely intrigued. He's like, "I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> is this real? This can't be real. Yeah, like, no, dude, it's real. It's a hundred percent real. I swear to you." <laughs> so. It's always something, man. It's always something. Yeah, the Iowa so man. We were there until like, like I don't know, twelve, twelve thirty, and then uh, decided it was time for us to leave. So, um, but yeah, it was. I mean, it was a good time. It's a cool place. So uh, Sunday, a little more GLTC action. We missed the first GLTC race, just like Robbie did on the live stream. Oh, so disappointed. Um, we oh. missed. The standing they, start. I wanted to see that so they bad. Used they used the Formula a, One lights for a standing start. And they, uh, and they Adam Adam found out Saturday when he got uh, 
uh, when he went out for qualifying that his engine was pretty much on its way out. Um, significant amounts of blow by. He was filling up a catch can in a lap. No problem. Like oh, overflowing shit. a catch can in a lap. Uh, and it appeared to be from crankcase pressurization. Um, and without doing a compression test, he's fairly certain that he broke a ring land or something like that in there. Uh, Cause that motor at one point had seen somewhere between 450 and 500 wheel horsepower and has been sitting on a shelf for the better part of 10 years. Ah, and so uh, he thinks that like it was, it was strong enough to run through the dyno without having a problem, but it finally broke. It sounded like so, on a uh, slip angle too. He was talking about there uh, was potentially some oiling issues with the way the car, with the way that motor mounts in that car versus what it originally came in, which I have no idea what it was, but uh, yeah, like it sits at a different angle. It's an so. accord motor. Yeah, so he okay. was yep. so it's a cord motor and it's laid over significantly more than it is in his car. So um he he took the start of the first race because he wanted to say he raced at Coda, and then he took the start on the standing start Saturday or Sunday morning because he wanted to be able to say that he started a race using Formula One lights. Which I totally get. I absolutely would have done the same in his situation. Um, but it was really a bum deal that he didn't get to race the car at all. So, Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, Which he, yeah. he said on Saturday he was going to go out for one lap, and I think he did three. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he did. Yes, he did. That is true. <laughs> so uh, the, they had a yellow come out, and that's when he decided, yeah, I'll pack it in. Nobody was happier so. for the yellow flag to come out than Derek Yarbrough, who was getting yeah, to drive was, a Lamborghini. Oh, that's right. He was the he was pace getting car. to pace car with JB's Performante. So it was okay. kind of funny to watch the pace laps with this, you know, this high end Lamborghini Huracan Performante pacing a bunch of Miatas and Civics and clapped out to. Uh, S two thousands, just and like, one Porsche Cayman, <laughs> yeah, and one like flawless GT four looking Porsche Cayman. Like this is an interesting and eclectic group. There's no doubt. Oh, and a Corvette. Don't forget the Corvette. Just saying a Corvette with a bunch of stuff drawn on it with sharpies. Yeah, sharpie marker livery. So um, we were watching the race uh, from the bridge that goes uh, from the stadium section over. Uh, I don't know what that would be just like around the stadium section. There's a bridge that crosses over the track there. And we were watching the, the last, last GLT series, second to last GLT series on Sunday. Um, and that was the one that Swenson in his Corvette was able to get a real good lead and get started out like way out in front. Right. And it's funny because there's a bunch of people like, well, duh, of course the Corvette's winning against those Civics and that Miata. Like, of course he's faster, right? And I'm just like, you guys don't understand what you're watching at all. Did you look at them and and say, did you look at them and say it was an eight car inversion? He's up there because he finished eighth in the last race. (laughs) Yeah, that was was the reason. But, um, you know, no, I'm just thinking like the whole time, like, oh, Swenson's out there time attacking. Like now he's... I know what I'm doing now. This feels normal. This feels comfortable. I know what I need to do to, to get this done here. Um, but like 
as we're watching it and like every lap goes by and they come back around and Cattill's just that much closer, that much closer, that much closer. And then he's past him and everybody's just like, how is that even possible? Right? Like it was so funny to watch the little like uninformed masses watching that race. It was very interesting. So Cattill's not human. Um, just, just putting that out there. No, it's, it's he's a freak of nature. It's unbelievable how much faster he was. And and but, in different but, places. So is Lichty. Lichty's a freak of nature too. He's the most winningest GLTC driver. But, yeah, but could, I, it was more obvious with Cattil because Cattil <laughs> had issues that he had to overcome. So like he's starting at the back of the pack and then yeah. finishing you know top five. Yeah, wa- watching yeah. him yeah. watching him close through the field whenever he has to start further back is is where you really realize the combination of speed in that car and just freaking outright balls <laughs> the last night i was watching some of his in-car video and he's like 15 mile an hour faster than the cars around him through the s's he was it was the same way at nola you would watch so we would go up in the the motorhome and you could see the the whole s section at, at nola that has kind of a similar rhythm to what nola to what uh coda does and he would have like he would have somebody two car lengths behind him whenever they entered it. And then by the time they got halfway through it, it would be three. And then by the time they get through the end of it and the breaking into the the tighter corner at the very end of it, it would be four. It's just, it, it looked like the cars around him had the brakes on. There was uh, in his in car, I think he's passing JB in the S's. And he passes them like on the outside of the corner, like he's fucking standing still. I just couldn't like he's still on the throttle while Jamie's deep in the brake coming into that first one. Like I just couldn't believe how does that car stick? It's insane. Yeah, it's, so. it's insanely well set up and insanely well managed or uh, well prepared each each yep. and every time that they yeah. go out and well driven. He's a freak of nature driver on top of it all. So watching how he saved it's it an unfair after. advantage, frankly, Robbie, and I think that you should <laughs> protest it with your twenty dollars. <laughs> no, watching no. how he saved that car after the that little run in with Austin Hurdle was insane too that that car should have been in the wall <laughs> yeah yeah so it, it 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 looked bad cause like i was watching the live stream going watching it like in real time going this is going to be bad like you could just kind of see the way they were closing in on each other and they're about to go three wide through that corner like you knew there you knew there was going to be contact at, at just the way it was all set up, getting set up but the fact that you know they had the contact and you kind of spun out and then beached it in front of Larry Chen. It, yeah, it it could have been way way worse. And then yeah, Austin Hurdle had like no damage on his car at all. Yeah. So, uh, on the time attack side of things, life on Saturday went out. Um, got about half of a flyer session or flyer in, and then broke a drive shaft. As you'll do with your alleged 1,100 horsepower car, you'll break drive shafts. Um, Carbon fiber. Which I'm sure you probably can do. Yeah. I'm sure that you can break drive shafts with 1,100 horsepower. I have no problem believing that, especially with the mechanical grip that that car is probably capable of creating. But they had like these insane carbon fiber ones, and I just have a hard time believing 
but maybe they are. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. I don't know. Either way, they broke a drive shaft Saturday, um, was able to secure another one locally and get it swapped in and went out on Saturday. And we're watching this car um, run through that. We were standing on the bridge that goes over the S's because it's really fun to watch like the, the A team group of guys uh, go through the S's in their like semi high downforce cars. Cause the speed that they go through that is just silly, just absolutely silly. And so like watching the uh, life car and Ferris's car and that silly Viper just, and Eric Fleming even going through there. Um, it's really fun to watch that section and it's really fun to watch them run um coming out of the stadium section and into the second to last corner. Those are like my two favorite spots to watch um, during time attack at least. And um, so we watched the car go flying through the S's and we're watching it on live stream and I've got my phone up and we see him uh, blast through there like a 207 or 205. What did he run? Two hundred six. Two hundred six. Which resetting his, their own lap record, uh, knocking it down a little bit. Awesome, awesome thing. Um, but then we never see him come up the hill into one. So like, okay, well, what happened? You know, did they run out of gas or like something stupid? You know, and we're watching the live stream, and it turns out they broke a drive shaft coming out of the last corner again. Um. And he coasted across the finish line and still reset that lap record. Holy and, shit. Uh, it's not a ton <laughs> of space from the exit of the last corner to the, the timing loop. It's not a ton of distance, but it's, I mean, I'll bet you he lost at least a second worth of time right there. Uh, yeah, for sure. He that literally was- coasted to a new lap record. And that was also the one complete lap they did all weekend. So the like only every other time that they did the entire weekend, yeah, every other time that car came out, they, he would push it through a couple corners and it would be sputtering and popping and he would just coast it back in. It was crazy to put, put down the time like that on literally the only lap of the weekend that they got. <laughs> they got a half a flyer on Saturday and 99% of a flyer on Sunday and reset the lap record. Insane. So, yeah, it'd be crazy how fast that thing can do on a, when everything's set up right and functioning. Yeah. Yeah, the, I'm, I'm excited. Like, I'm certain that Ferris's car, uh, when he gets a few things changed and a few more things sorted out, I'm certain that that car's got a ton of time left in it. Uh, I'm certain that there's time left in life's car, you know, God willing 2022, the Canadians will be able to come down and join us. Uh, I, I really think you're going to need a sub two minute lap to win 2022. That's if everybody insane. has a good day, if Houghton's there and will is there and life is there and Ferris is there and everybody has a good day, you're going to need a sub two minute lap to win next year. That's what I think. I hope that like, if we can have a good, like three or four way battle for an unlimited like that, and it can be something where it draws a big spectator crowd, like it did this year again, 
like I would love to see it start to get some momentum and, you know, start to become more of an international kind of thing. Like I think is what the overall goal is for it. You know? Oh yeah. I think it's supposed to be America's world time attack. Yep. And um, I, I think if you get, if you get it to where you've got a couple of, you know, big, crazy, you know, big, crazy cars like life and, and, um, James with the new improved version of the, the Integra and all that, like, that'd be cool. Will's car is going to be, uh, similar, but undoubtedly improved. Um, and that car was all but impossible to beat. Right up until he crashed it. Sit right up until you know, the point so, that it exploded. And it's certainly not, he's certainly not going to come out slower. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, I think I think it's going to be really cool to watch. Um, it'll be really interesting. It doesn't seem like uh, life is all that interested in running the GTR at, like, the bigger grid life events. And, and I can kind of see, like, I wouldn't take that car to PPIR either. No. I totally get it. Um I would love to see that car do a gingerman lap. Uh, I hope that this becomes a big enough thing that maybe some of the other uh, heavy hitters that are a little bit more budget limited might start to consider taking this seriously. Like I would love to see professional awesome out there uh, with their Evo. Um, There's, there's some track mod and street mod cars that I think would do well there. Although uh, like super K the, crazy s2000 with the dct um the way they're the way that global time attacks rules are written that car is an unlimited car because the rule is if it has an h pattern shifter in it from the factory it has to retain an h pattern shifter in it for any class short of unlimited Hmm. so he's stuck He's stuck where he is. Meanwhile, Amir and his absolutely mental NSX, which is uh, a similar car in in build, um, he's good because he has an H pattern dog box, so he can run in 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 street for global time attack. But because he has a dog box, he can't run in street mod for grid life. So there's a couple of these cars where it's like, man, they're just, they're so close, but they're not quite there. And I would love to see these cars battle it out, but one, one group or the other is going to have to give before that would ever happen, which is a real bump deal. Yeah. So, so. It, at one point on Saturday night, Nad said something to Jabay about debating the philosophy of time attack. And I thought we were going to have like a popcorn worthy discussion. And then <laughs> I think they both saw something shiny and went their separate ways and I didn't get to see it. <laughs> that would have been the greatest moment of my life. I, I was so, I was like, Oh man, here we go. <laughs> Watching I got, like probably two of the most influential people in time attack in America arguing about who is more right about how time attack should be done would have been like the best day of my <laughs> life. Yeah. They, uh, it was whenever we, we picked up and went over to the, the hangar to look at all the cars. And like, I, I think I, I don't know if they got distracted, but yeah, I was waiting for to, it. We talked to Abe for like two hours about, um, Builds that we think could break certain grid life classes if someone just had the budget and ambition to build them. And he's like, yeah, you guys are probably right, but until someone builds them, I'm not going to make rules against them. <laughs> like, if no one's going to do it, I'm not going to, you know, like, all right, you know, I mean, you're not wrong, but 
Then you got chastised by Jube for talking for two hours without a microphone in front of you. I don't think he wanted that conversation on a, on a mic. Just pointing out all the, the lines between the rules. I'm sure I, you know, I am by no means some sort of rules expert, and I'm sure there's lots of people who have seen some of these things before, but at least one of the things that we brought up to Abe, Abe hadn't even quite realized. So, um, there are definitely loopholes in the classing uh, on multiple classes that if somebody was willing, and they wouldn't even be that expensive. If somebody was really seriously willing to go after it, you could do. So, so yeah, go read the rule book and uh, figure <laughs> out where the holes are. Uh, hit me up. I would love to be a crew chief uh, for someone who has a much larger budget than I. For a nominal weekly supply uh, tech t- consulting fee, Adam Absolutely. is your guy. Absolutely. You're probably going to end up in some obscure GM product you're going to fucking hate, but it's fine. Hey, if you're Grand winning. Am is a fine car. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're winning, it really doesn't matter what car you're in. That's the spirit, Robbie. So, yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, I Like I said before, I think this was probably my favorite year. We've gone both on and off the track was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, this is a cool event. I, I, you know, at this point, it's kind of like my um, my intro to the year, you know, yep. um, getting was- the first chance to, to dig myself out of the hell that is Iowa winters and, and get back to the racetrack and um, enjoy time with friends. So after not really going to a normal feeling event, basically all year last year, it felt kind of halfway normal and it was like the exact thing that I needed to get, get up and get excited about actually doing stuff with cars this year. So yeah, now you just got to get that Camaro fixed. (laughs) Hopefully it's fixed. I don't know. I need to do, need to do more arrow work, but yeah, hopefully the, hopefully the nightmare from NOLA is solved. It's autocrossed successfully. So it's a good start. Yeah, we'll see. So should we do some news? Yeah. Shut this thing down. As always, the news is presented by Apex Pro, uh, apextrackcoach.com. So if you need to uh, start planning your builds or your, uh, your data acquisition for the year, I would definitely recommend Apex uh, Pro, apextrackcoach.com. I'm going to keep saying that. Uh, use the code 1010 to get a free window mount if you don't want to have the uh, the little thing stuck to your dash that could, I don't know, some people like to bounce between different cars, so the window mount super helpful for that. Um, but they have been doing a lot of stuff over the winter. They've been doing webinars. Uh, I know um, they got some stuff patented, and... They've just been, yeah, continue to grow. I know they got investments as well. So expect to see more from Apex Pro and continue to see us supporting them by pushing all of our listeners towards them. And if you see me at, at the track, I have a spare one I would love to throw in your car and have you use. But uh, if yeah, head over there and get your first introduction to data. I, I think this is the best bang for the buck. ApexTrackCoach.com. First up. Uh, the car for Tony Stewart's new super superstar racing experience. Uh, they have shown us. It uh, looks lame. What? It looks like a Ferrari F40. 
It looks like a cheap a ripoff of like a, a it looks like a IMCA late model like it's great half assed. Oh, it's it great. looks like it looks like a Pontiac Fiero that someone made look like a Ferrari F40. I was gonna say an IROC Camaro looks like a Ferrari F40, but yeah. I'll give you that. I think it's cool. I can't believe you're you're poo poo on this. Yeah, Dusty, what's <sighs> it, your problem, man? It looks so <laughs> lame. Like the ren- the renders look we cool. Were... Even even I'm in on this one. And I'm a little surprised by that. No, nah, I man, it's cool. I like the shape. I think it's gonna be a really fun series to see a bunch of these cars racing against each other. Especially if they don't have yeah. this boring gray color. That's great. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe the maybe the fact that it's just gray and brown. Like primer gray is kind of killing the vibe for me. I don't know. It if it was bright, shiny Corsa red, I think you'd feel differently. Or a bright green, like a chrome green. That's what we need. Keep the then, keep the gold wheels. And so my like my my fear for this, and this is completely unfounded because they haven't turned a lap in front of people yet, is that it's gonna look like what the like the NASCAR trucks run at Eldora every year and they don't look like dirt like they don't work like dirt cars they look like asphalt cars just puttering around like trying not to hit the wall they don't like dig into the turn and kick the inside tire down and really you know hook and and get the back end out like a dirt car does so i'm afraid that that's what this is going to look like too no it'll be good because they're yeah they're running short ovals so they'll be at nashville or uh, uh knoxville nashville um you had the list earlier, and I can't remember all of them. Slinger, Slinger, not one. Yeah, Slinger's a quarter a mile pair. asphalt track. Yes, uh, Stafford Motor Speedway in June, Knoxville later in June, Eldora the week after, Lucas Oil Raceway, Slinger Speedway, and then the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway. So, um. Let's be real. The the real reason to go to this is to watch Tony Stewart fight a Formula <laughs> One driver in the pits I, afterwards. So <laughs> the website they have a bunch of drivers. None of them are Weber. Damn it! But they advertise Weber on uh, their Facebook event for their Knoxville race. So hopefully he's there. Willie T. Ribs. Hell yeah! Gonna be there. That's pretty cool. Uh, Paul, Paul Tracy. Paul Tracy is one hundred percent going to punch somebody before like the first weekend is over. That's for this. probably fair. Helio Castroneves isn't he like a pretty successful IndyCar driver? He's also successful in IMSA. Mario and or Marco Andretti. Mario Andretti, that would be dope. Marco <laughs> Andretti. Um, so Tony Canon, Willie T. Ribs, Tony Stewart, Paul Tracy, Helio Castroneves, Bobby Labonte. Bill Elliott, both big NASCAR names. Ernie yep. Francis Jr., no idea who he is. Michael Waltrip, another big NASCAR name. So it's you know, it's it's a it's kind of a it's kind of a deal. I don't know, man. Ray Evernham built the cars. I know that Dusty loves Ray Evernham. Yeah, so I I I'm a big fan of what Ray does, but man, this this looks like they had like really big ideas and then they got into it and they were like, Oh God, it's going to cost how much? Yeah. Just slap some sheet metal on the sides of that thing and call it done. You are so uh, critical. Oh, 
Let's, so, let's see how it goes, man. Maybe yeah, it's gonna next go great. Year, you know, if this works well, maybe the cars will be different. I think they look cool. I don't know what your deal is, man. Yeah, I like it so a the, lot. The other part of it is the same issue that I had with the IROC series back in the day where it was just NASCAR drivers doing NASCAR things and they brought in other drivers, but they couldn't do anything because they were driving NASCAR cars on NASCAR tracks. Like I don't like it to to do this and really compare drivers, like it needs to be like IROC was originally where you run on a road course one week and an oval the next and, you know, like do different stuff, not just like guys that grew up in short track cars that ran, that ended up running NASCAR. Like they're going to have such an advantage in this over Tony Kanaan who grew up in carts or, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, I really hope it I grows and then goes to road courses like Daytona or something. Cause that'd be, that'd be the way to go about it instead of just these like short tracks. Yeah, so there was a thing, um, it was called back in the, I guess in the, yeah, 93 called Fast Masters, where this group put together a thing and they sourced a bunch of Jaguar XJ220s and they brought in a ton of legendary drivers and ran them at, um, I think it was Indianapolis Raceway Park, the little short oval. And it was like, what? like Al Unser and all these, you know, old like Indy 500 guys and stuff ran these cars without cages in them or anything else and just <laughs> destroyed them over the span of like eight or nine races or something. It was all done for TV. Uh, I think Marshall Pruitt has a podcast with one of the guys that was behind organizing it. And it's the, the most insane stuff I've ever heard in my life. They sourced these cars from Jag because they couldn't sell them. And brought them over here and then figured out how outrageously expensive it was to run them. And then the drivers get out there and just destroy them. And like by like week three, they're all just bondoed and duct taped back together to look decent for TV and stuff. It's it's an absolute must listen. I'll just check that out tomorrow. <laughs> That's crazy. But that that's what I whenever I think of just gathering a bunch of old drivers together, like something like that, where it's it's an intriguing car and it's a track that's obviously not right for it. And it's just whoever's got the the biggest balls to be able to sling it around in that. Like, uh, so I don't know. I'm probably being overly pessimistic about the SRX thing. We'll see how it works out. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I, yeah, I think you are being overly pessimistic. I think it'll be it'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, racing is racing. It's usually exciting, especially circle track racing, yep. short dirt track racing, I should say. So it'll be all right. And, and Paul Tracy is going to get in a fight with somebody. There's no doubt. What Paul is, Tracy it, and it Tony Stewart slugging it out is going to be the best thing that I've ever seen in my life. That's a that's a heavyweight fight by the WBC <laughs> yeah. standards, I think. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So... And then, like, I feel like really T-Ribs is going to just join in for funsies. Yeah, why not? Yeah. You know, just maybe just throw that. a punch in each direction and then just kind of bow out. Like, all right, I've had my yeah. fun. So, it'll be cool. It'll be fine. Or it won't be. Either yeah, way, we're we'll, going to watch it. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, so, go, go, buy t- go buy tickets for it since they're in your neighborhood, since I can't. <laughs> yeah. I'm, well, that's my plan. So, we'll yeah. see. Next up, Aston Martin will be joining Mercedes and providing safety and medical cars for Formula One. It looks so good. Uh, so this this car that – are they using this as the pace car? Is that what – Yeah. It's just a this pace safety car. car. Safety, okay. Yeah, safety car. So it's a Vantage uh, that they've 
pushed up another 24 horsepower, making a total of 528, bringing its zero to 60 down to 3.5 seconds. Uh, also adding more stiffness and front downforce to make the car faster so that it can keep up with the silliness that is formula one these days. Uh, that's, that's hilarious. It's got like this, huh? I said, it's hilarious that they have to beef these supercars up to be fast enough to go as, as fast as a slow pace needs to be for a formula one car. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Fast, fast enough for Lewis Hamilton to still say that they're not going fast enough. Yes. Yeah, the, yeah. The Aston Martin will be full oh, to the sure. floor, and they're like, well, "No, this, I'm overheating. It's too slow." So I couldn't find the article again, but I did read one earlier where they were talking about it's got a screen inside of it that has um, real time. Uh, display of where all of the formula one cars are on the track at that second, as well as displaying uh, what flag is being displayed by each corner station um, so that they can, you know, manage the race from this car. Cause I think that's what they do. Basically there's like these two guys that are in this car and they're managing what's going on from there. So, uh, I don't know. I think it's super cool. The, the vantage. And I think there's, uh, a few others. Yeah. Like they have the DBX SUV as the medical car. Yeah. Which is just silly, <laughs> but again, 542 horsepower for the DBX, which is out of control. <laughs> I guess, but I'm curious if this came about because I don't know. I think they look cool. Yeah, last year they did that. Uh, I don't know something to do with Aston Martin. They had instead of just bringing in Aston Martin for the safety car, they just painted the Mercedes green. And I'm curious if about like the reaction being like, "This is stupid. It should be an Aston Martin." And then they're like, "Yeah, it should." And then now this this happens. So I don't know if this was like long into the works before that, or if that would kind of help push it. But it just seems like. Painting a Mercedes green on Aston Martin Day seemed really dumb. Well, Aston Martin's got a like a car this year, don't they? Yeah, they're with. Uh, uh, it's, it's the old Racing Point team. Yes. Yeah, what they because call Alpine? No, because Mister Mister uh, Lawrence Stroll owns the majority of Aston Martin road car and the Formula One team. Because sometimes it's kind of expensive to get your kid a Formula One ride. <laughs> yup. Man, I was not born into the right family. Yeah. Hey, your your dad gave you a junior dragster and you just squandered the opportunity. So. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. I squandered it. Yeah, while you were at the racetrack, I was doing 4-H stuff, so I don't want to hear you complain for a well, second. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything yet, but hopefully there is some really insane... Uh, updates to what was once a very important part of my young racing life. Hell yeah. That's awesome. So dude. we're going to leave it at that until some more happens, but uh, yeah. Nice. So, but news was really weak this week. Yeah, there really wasn't much. Uh, and so that was, that was like all I could dig up and I 
I dug for a while. And unless you wanted to talk about Tesla putting batteries in Texas, there wasn't shit out there. Nah. If we're going to talk about Texas the whole episode, I, I don't care about that. Did you guys drive by the, the Gigafactory thing out on the tollway? We were wondering if that's what it was. Yep, that's what it was. Is I, it? As I was driving by it, I was like, man, what the hell is that gigantic building? And then I pulled it up on my phone. And of course, yeah, the fanboys have tagged it already. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't it's think like it the, was because it looks like it's going to be three stories. It, and I assumed it, that a factory would not be such. I think, yeah, part of it looked like it was. I don't know. It's There's so much going on over there. It's hard to take it all in whenever you're driving by it at 87 yeah. miles an hour. Bouncing down that Minimum. rough highway. Minimum. <laughs> uh, Texas really knows how to build uh, interchange systems to look this grand and completely unnecessary scale. You guys have the yeah. most insane like transitions from one interstate to another. So in Dallas, you don't get to experience this since y'all go through Fort Worth. There's a thing called the high five and it's five different levels going across the top of it will literally make you queasy. If you like look over, I have, I have driven through that, obviously not on this trip, but I have driven through that. Um, And it's, it's wild. You couldn't do that around here because people would die on it every year in ice storms. Yeah, you, that's that's you, why you things shut your ice storms out. Yeah, that's why things shut down. Not as big a problem. Yeah, things shut down here every five years whenever we actually have ice because we have so many giant bridges like that. Well, and like you couldn't push snow in that on that thing. You just can't. There's nowhere for it to go. Yeah, I already think that about some of the stuff we build here now. Yep, like the one that I take. Like, Robbie, to get have home. you gone over the new flyover on 141? Mm, not that one. I take the flyover off five. You, when you take it, yeah. When you take the new one, make sure to follow the speed limit. Okay. That corner tightens up real fast, <laughs> and it's totally blind. And I am certain people are going to hit the wall on that. I'm sure. No, I'll, I'll check that out. It's kind of fun, but it's crazy. <laughs> so, and then the one that you have out there on the bypass is is kind of hairy too at it's, times. Yeah, in the in the middle of a snowstorm, it's kind of sketchy. It's it's up there, man. It's it's a tall. Yeah, it's super tall. Probably taller than it needs to be. That's for you got to sure. be close to a hundred pounds. You got to be close to a hundred feet off the ground. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, it's it's which tall. is silly for a for just two lanes. And it's one lane, three lanes. It's a lane. Well, I mean, like oh. stacked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say though, my the one that I take that I that goes for. Um, if you're going west down Highway 5 to go to I-35 South, yeah, that's just oh, a single yeah. lane that goes up and over everybody else. If you're that. on... Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's that's just the one I take. It's crazy, day. though. Oh, yeah, it's it's surprisingly tall. So, and that's just like normal in Texas. That's yeah, just it's what the, they do. Well, it's bigger down there. Everything's bigger. I mean, plus you got your five, you got your 10-gallon hats, so that everyone's everyone's trucks bigger. So I mean, it's just a whole thing. It's a whole thing. I was I was in line at the drive-through today behind an F three fifty that I was looking square into his receiver hitch. <laughs> I, saw, I saw you posted that on Instagram. It's not concerning. <laughs> Were you at in all. your Silverado? No. <laughs> Were you in your Silverado? <laughs> I was actually in the Z, but <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that makes a little more sense. 
Uh, tell, so, tell him he needs to make it taller so he can just drive right under it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell him he needs to make it taller. That way I don't end up with a receiver hitch in my mouth during a five <laughs> mile per hour. In. Yeah. Oh, God, that'd be awful. There was, there was this, uh, there's this mega cab Dodge that was over in the, the car show. And I didn't get to see picture or I didn't get to see this thing, but Dalton was ranting and raving about it. Cause you know how he gets about trucks. Uh, and apparently they had a anodized aluminum polished receiver hitch. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I've I've seen those though the ones so, that are that are well, the ones that are adjustable, they're that's more common than you realize. Well, so then we were gonna, or as we were as he was leaving, we were not that far away from where he was, and he had pulled that out to drive. <laughs> okay, because well, it was gone already. Yep. If you have your show receiver hitch, yes. things have things have taken a turn. That's exactly what that was. Wow. That's a special kind of strange. One more, one more thought that I had from Superlap. It was the 350 and 370Z capital of the world for Jesus two full days. Christ. I could not. <laughs> I both days, whenever I parked, I parked in an open parking, like open spots around me, and came back to at least one Z park next to me. It was so great. <laughs> it was it was like being at Disneyland during like one of those special weekends where it's all just like one kind of people. It was like, ah, we're all crazy. We're all the same person. Awesome. Did you guys all stop and like rev your engines at each other? Or- oh, nothing but just rev limiter all day long. <laughs> yeah, you know. Now the the coolest part of it was that there was three three seventies on the track actually doing like cool you know productive yeah. track stuff too along with all the uh, hard parkers and drift boys so <laughs> they do it all man they're everywhere. Dalton made the bold claim that there is no discernible difference between the three fifty and three seventy Zs from the outside. The most uh, controversial thing I've ever heard him dude, say, and that dude, says a lot. That, that, he's he a moron. Yeah, he couldn't be more wrong. Because because he loves muscle cars and and uh, you know I'm just like is there a difference between a 55 Pontiac and a 55 Chevy? Well, of course there is. No, there's flipping not. Don't even get me started on this, Dad. <laughs> and so uh, it was kind of nice that there were so many of them because now that he's seen so many. He can identify them. We taught him the the differences between a 350 and a 370Z. So we were we were standing there next to mine having this conversation, and I'm like, you just have to look at the back of it. Like it's, it's the different. 350 goes like this, and the 370 goes like this. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. It all looks the same headlights and taillights are drastically different shapes. Yep. I mean, I, if nothing else. That's the most painfully obvious thing. There's so. there's no comparison between the two cars to me. I've never I'm so biased to the 350. I've never <laughs> it, liked the 70s. The 70 is certainly an evolution. Like you can park those two cars next to each other and you can see like okay, those cars were clearly uh you know, they're they're an evolution of the next, right? Like that that's fine. I can see that, but they're still different enough to be different cars. Yep. And it's not just because one has a two tenths bigger motor. So, yeah. And the new one is going to be another evolution of 
those two. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Someday, maybe. Oh, yeah, it's coming for sure. So. Yeah. All right, we're Boys, like, I'm tired. I yeah, need to go to bed. We're deep into it. Two hours on this one. This yeah. might be a new record. Let's shut her down. Plus, your internet is cutting out awful. Oh, yeah. I've had this thing that <laughs> pops up here twice or a couple of times. It says uh, unstable internet connection. Yeah. Luckily, Ro- luckily, yeah, your audio wasn't terrible, but like it was it was walking that fine line like it did in the past. I don't I don't think you're gonna have any weird voice this time. Quite not like last oh, time. Oh man. I <laughs> hope deep voice Adam comes back. <laughs> it's close. It it it's definitely different. <laughs> oh no. Alright. So we'll we'll see how it sounds when it's edited. Don't worry, someone will tell you Monday morning or Sunday That's afternoon fine. how uh Job of the Hut came back. Sunday at twelve oh seven, your phone's gonna blow up. Nah, it'll be like about one o'clock because it it, it didn't do it for the first hour. <laughs> Just like last I, uh, time, witness protection program, Adam. Yeah. That was what it was. Yep. <laughs> so, all right, Dusty, thanks for coming on and shooting pictures for us. And uh, yep. I'm sorry that Facebook fucking sucks at letting us get any sort of reach on those at all. I'm. I, I shared a little bit now, and and they're getting a little bit more out there. One album showed on the statistics that it had been seen by 11 people. I think that's... After 24 hours. I think it's got another 100 on it now. You got to throw money into Facebook. Yep. So, sorry about that. But anyone that uh, is listening, you should definitely head over to our Facebook page and see all the pictures that Dusty posted. I'll try to post a bunch on Instagram. Um, uh, Yeah, just Facebook's probably where all all of them are. But yeah, thanks again for coming on and uh, recapping the show and the weekend. Yep. Enjoyed hanging out all weekend and uh, enjoy having a place to be able to put stuff out so I can go get a media vest and act like I know what the hell I'm doing for two days. <laughs> Win-win. <laughs> and then we'll have to see you at some of the other events we're at this year, whether it's Grid Life or Midiv or anything yeah, else. Hopefully, hopefully Hallett and Topeka. So yep, for sure. See if, see, if a, see if a brown car will play nice, and if not, I'll take a white car. Perfect. Yeah, we can do Z stuff together at Hallett. Woo-hoo. We can bang rev limiters and yes, slide sideways everywhere. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll catch everybody else next week. <laughs> <laughs>